All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, y'all know what time it is. It is living split screen in the morning with your guys. Oh, and still, we come live to you every Saturday, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, or 3 p.m. UK time. Coming at you with the live, raw, uncut, authentic, organic energy to get your weekend started. Um, and the only place that you can get this type of content at. Um, look, a lot of wonderful things have happened this week. A lot of interesting things to talk about this week also. Uh, looks like we're already having some stream issues. Again, YouTube does not like the smaller content creators. I swear. I, I, it has to be what it is. Um, some we'll go, we'll go weeks where we have no issues, no drop frames, no streaming issues. And then we have other weeks where it just wants to be all over the place. Hopefully, everybody is uh, coming through clear. Hopefully, we're coming through clear. Um, hopefully, everything was going well. But let's go ahead and roll to the intro because I know everything does get adjusted on the back end. And since I am recording live, either way, we're going to get some good content here. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are new here, who do not know, um, again, we are a non-console-centric platform. We talk about everything that's going on within the gaming industry. It's not about just Xbox. It's not about just PlayStation. It's not PC. It's not Nintendo. It's not just one particular ecosystem. It's everything. Uh, we want people to understand that. We want people to come in here, have conversation, and have a good time. We are a welcoming place, um, and we just want to go from there. Though, we are also a place where we like to keep it real at. So, um, understand that. Uh, we're also going. We're always going to speak our mind. We come from our own opinions. I think that's one of the greatest things that we have here. Um, me and Pong do this off the cuff. Uh, I think that's also another one of the most unique things that we have here. Again, I'm talking to the people like some of uh, like some of y'all might be new because we are trying to grow. Um, and I want people to understand um, what we're trying to do here, and I want them to feel that right. Uh, but again. Uh, we do this off the cuff. We don't get a lot of time to go throughout the week and chop it up and say, hey, we're going to do these things. So the content that you get here is, again, when I say it's organic, we're not talking about what the community considers organic. We're not talking about organic growth um, as far as like studios and things like that. Right now, I'm trying to work on a getting an organic sponsor. How about that? <laughs> hey, by the way, shout out to Advanced GG. Again, for those who have not peeped it out, check my Twitter, man. I'm on like about three weeks of doing this. Hey, I, I'm I'm messing with this advanced GG, man. Um, I'm not usually like the powder guy. I, I don't really get into that. Last time I tried it, was, I was doing some C4. Advanced GG hit hit different me differently for me, man. Uh, check out Lord Cognito. I think they currently got like a twenty percent off discount. Check it out, man. Thirty percent, yeah. Definitely check it out if you're into it. With that being said, though, we're in episode 51. I'm one of your hosts, Steel Rain, Mr. Live Rona, cut himself, and I have to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen, not only in the YouTube streets, not only in real life, but just him being my brother from another. I uh, don't know who else I would want to do this with. Uh, and I just have a good time with, man. Every Saturday, it keeps my energy flowing. It keeps that blood flowing for me. My guy, oh, soul. What's going on, man? What's how you feeling? Good morning, gamers. Good morning, brother. Uh, yeah, it's been one heck of a morning, man. Running around behind the scenes. Shit getting crazy because, of course, we had a uh, situation this week where uh, the, the wife's youngest uh, was uh, put on a flight back here 
to us just out of the blue because his dad uh, yeah. unfortunately had an emergency. So things have been crazy in the household and that does not change for a Saturday morning just because living split screen episode number 51, by the way, is coming on, but uh, glad to be here. Steel brother, you and I have been getting some serious gaming time in. Yeah, uh, we've been having a real good time. Uh, yeah. Our schedule has been kind of working out a little bit, uh, even though we're both still real busy, yeah. but man, we've had some good gaming to get into you got some great video for us today like you said of godfall and we're going to talk about that a little bit later after we get to the up and coming games but man it's funny steel um sometimes you know again we get games <clears throat> we get games like elden ring yeah uh that are a certain style that are you know challenging that are right. you know all about that exploration and discovery and, and you know, get other games that kind of make you think deeper and, you know, ha- all that kind of stuff. And then you just get games that bring you back to your childhood of that pure fun that we yep. always talk about, man. Yep. There's, there's nothing you can't, you know, you can't sit there with tiny Tina's or Godfall and say, God, these are ground bake, groundbreaking no. games. These are going to change close. the industry. Uh, you, nothing like that. But you know what? Getting a couple buddies in there, kicking back and just have it. <laughs> Just, just a big old smile on your yeah. face, like you're, like you're back to ten years old again, man. Popping in whatever you were playing back then, and just excited to be in, you know, to be enjoying a game. That's what it's about. There, no, no, no deep thoughts, no, no analyzing, none of that. Just having that whole experience of fun. That's what we have been doing lately. And man, it's always great when that comes around, man. So uh, been a great week. Happy to be here. Great to see everybody in here already. Shout out a bunch of you out. And I'm sure we'll get some shout outs later as well for everybody who jumping in here now. But man, I can't wait to get down to business. Not the biggest news week again, uh, but we do have a lot of cool little things coming out. You alluded to them earlier, Steel. Uh, It's always good to, we get a lot of the other side of things. Uh, We've seen even big people um, like Sean Layden come out and and Jim Ryan, of course, talk about how things aren't going to work. It's It's always good to have another another person out kind of outside the industry but who's been in it for quite a while yeah yeah and and jack trenton and kind of come out and echo our sentiments for once uh that's what i love to see and hear as well so we're going to jump into that but uh yeah let's get down to business deal let's get this going Uh, i've got the upcoming releases here ready to rock and roll so you let me know uh, if you got anything else you want to add, go ahead, brother. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to add, I don't believe I told y'all about what I've been getting into this week. Um, other than get jumping back into Godfall, it's definitely been Elden Ring again. I'm have, have definitely about that PVP action right now with Elden Ring. Um, although I believe I'm level three hundred and five or something like that currently. Um, what? I'm still. You didn't f- tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> you did three hundred. Yeah. Bro. Um, I'm level three hundred and five. Okay. Um, I have about two hundred hours in the game at this point. Uh, a little bit over two hundred hours in the game. And then I'm still in my first playthrough. I haven't went to the second playthrough. Um, main reason for that is because I haven't found a reason to go through my, my second playthrough. Um, unlike other Souls games where you were getting different armor, uh, you were also getting different accessories and stuff like that. Like you would get the next level of those accessories if you went through the next playthrough. Um, 
they don't really have that. Um, and, and that's okay because at least for me, it has, it's allowed me to kind of kind of break off of Elden Ring a little bit. Um, it's strictly play it for PvP, especially with the with me being at the level that I'm at now. Um, and and a lot of it, honestly, once I beat the game. I can get a million souls in PvP within 30 minutes, if less, less than that. Um, easily. I'm not, like not even struggling. You, you and a buddy get together and we just, you know, go out there and have a good time. Of course, you got to be decent at the game. I'm not saying like, oh, you could just be some noob. And I'm not talking about even doing corny shit. I'm not doing, like, if you go through YouTube, you look at some, a lot of people doing some of the corniest shit to kill people. May, doing magic and making the abilities disappear. And then all of a sudden you die when you run into them or try to fight them. Like, no, I'm not talking about doing nothing corny. Um... It's just straight up fighting people, man. And I've been having a good time with it when I've been getting a chance. Uh, so that's been an amazing thing. And then, um, like we're going to get into Godfall. Uh, Tiny Teen has been a, and it's been an amazing time. Um, me and Pawn tried out those Chaos Dungeons. Uh, again, I was talking to somebody else about that. Those seemed really dope, especially with this new event that they got going on. I want to check that out at some point. Me and Pong are currently on this thing where... Because of what we've, what I've been able to get them to experience with Godfall, um, and then what we've gotten from Tina Tina, we're kind of trying to pick what what our looter is right now, right? Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting to see, but we're we're gonna definitely talk about that. But yeah, that's it for at least that as the moment. It got a lot of things working on in the background for you guys, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But. Uh, yeah, let's get into these upcoming games. Let's give it to the people. Um, I think this week we're starting off with Thirteen Sentinels. Ooh, I think we are actually steel. Hold on, my thing refreshed here. So I'm back to square one. There we go. So we are coming up on April the 11th already. Uh, the days just slide on by. So the week of April the 11th. Yeah, look at this. We are going to start this week off hot for those people that have a switch who are in to RPGs. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, getting big reviews, getting really good. You know, talk uh, in the streets about it. Uh, there's a lot of people saying they're really loving this. Mm-hmm. Developer is Vanillaware. Publishers, Atlas. Look, Vanillaware has done some amazing games. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the biggest sellers ever. But Vanillaware themselves are just awesome, amazing developers. I've played a bunch of their games, love what they do over there. Um, and this one here is a follow-up, 13 Sentinels, um, to their first game. And supposedly they just took everything to another level. Um, and again, I nice. haven't played it, obviously. Don't have yeah, a Switch again. But this is another one. Again, when I say I look at the Switch at times and I go, God, I wish I had one. Yeah, there are games like this where I go, God, I wish I had one. It, there's just not enough to push me to go grab one, especially time frame wise and all that kind of stuff. But man, they do have some good stuff over there. This is another one that deserves a bigger audience. I don't understand Atlas. They're in my Square Enix boat. I don't get why you don't want your games to be experienced by as many people as possible. But this is what they do. Sega lets them kind of run their own shop. So, but uh, yeah. please, if you have a Switch, if you're looking for a unique, um unique style rpg uh if you like neon genesis evangelon uh please go check out this game hmm, again okay i can only go by the yeah yeah it's got a lot of that to it story wise um but uh please go check this out 
go look at the videos and stuff. Again, a lot of good, a lot of good people are talking good, uh, good things about this game. So it's right. definitely worth uh, checking out at least. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be a big one this week for the switch. Uh, again, it won't be the biggest seller. It, it, it's niche, but uh, it don't matter. They keep getting these cool games and that's what really counts at the end of the day. And I hey. hope that Xbox gets there. Yeah. All it takes is one game to hit just the right notes to yeah. not yeah, be I niche know. anymore. I, we just saw that. I know we just saw that. Oh, and then I, I, obviously a game that everybody has been raving for. Gotta be. This has taken the internet by storm. I don't know if I, I might have to mute these words just to make sure that I'm not seeing it anymore in my Twitter feed. Cat Cafe Manager is coming out for Switch and PC uh, by Roost Games. Uh, Publisher Freedom Games, of course, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. But Cat Cafe Manager is coming. So that's coming out uh, April the 14th. That's coming again, Switch and PC. Don't know what it is. It's obviously a simulation game. I get that much. When anytime you put a manager in the yep. title, that's what you're going to get. But Cat Cafe. So I'm assuming it's some type of cafe with a bunch of cats running around in it as part of the game. Hey, cool. All right, cool. All right, Cat Cafe hey. Manager. Hey, you pick way, up no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick up. I'm oh. not going to pick up Cat Manager. But I, what I do want to do is say, <laughs> hey, shout out to Jesse Darby for uh, speaking some a little bit of German in the chat. The welcome Boxing Burger in here. Um, I also wanted to get to shout out to Boxing Burger earlier. Hey. Boxenberg, do one thing for me since you're in Germany already. Shout out to my family. That's about an hour away from Frankfurt. Um, I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they get to tune in at some point here. <laughs> Got a whole other side of my family that's living out that way, man. So uh, shout out to y'all, man. I definitely, definitely one place I can't wait to go back to, bro. 100%. I'll be cool someday, man. Trust me. I, I, that'd be awesome. I want to go back to, I want to go to Poland. So um, yeah, I, I do too, actually. I think yep. Really that's where part of my family's from. So, uh, anyways, now we're taking a trip around the world. <laughs> Speaking of world, nobody saves the world, which is a game that has been downloaded since day one for me. If uh, what month, two months ago now, month and a half ago, two months ago, it's been Excellent. sitting there. Just deleted. I, <laughs> uh, I I played the demo. Absolutely love this game. This game got lost in a flood of different titles. And that's unfortunate right. because this is from Drinkbox. This is a fantastic action RPG. I've heard tons mm-hmm. of character. Uh, love the art uh, in it, the art style. You can switch your characters on the fly to all sorts of crazy combinations like wizard horse. I mean, there's all sorts of nonsense you can do in this game. But uh, that's been out on Xbox. Came out on Game Pass day and date, of course. And now it's finally coming over to PlayStation uh, five and four. Uh, so if you guys are sitting on the PlayStation and uh, you're looking for something in a little action RPG, Drinkbox is a phenomenal developer. Please go check out Nobody Saves the World. Uh, I do have to jump into this, but again, I did play the demo and I played about the beginning portion of the game when it dropped. Look, go check it out. It's super, super cool. Uh, you will enjoy yourself in that game. I almost can guarantee it. So please go check out that. And then we've got Road 96. 100%. Um, that is one thing that um, you didn't mention there, Pong. It, it, is, it was, or it still is on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, so if you're game. questioning them on it, again, it's another conversation I want to have today because people are making very contradictory statements. But um, check it out. It's on Game Pass. 
air free um the only reason i deleted it because i'm not going to get to it i have too many other games that <laughs> i will end up touching before i get to that so good news is it doesn't take up much room that so. is true that is true <laughs> um and then road 96 coming to playstation 5 xbox series consoles PlayStation for xbox one also on april the 14th this is a game uh this is another indie game uh from digit uh digit X- I don't know how they do this. Digix art or Digix Digix art? art? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we have seen this. This was already out on Switch and PC last okay. year in August. Uh, they did show videos of this at one of the Idea at Xbox shows, I believe, last year. I think we saw this. Um, but yeah, nice little indie game. Um, so please go check this out. Action, adventure, narrative. Um, go check it out. It's even something that you're going uh, to appreciate. That is coming out this week on April the 14th. And then I think that's it for this week, honestly. Yeah. Looks like it. Yeah, we don't have nothing else until the 20th where we're getting Star Wars The Force Unleashed. But uh, we'll jump into that Switch. next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. We'll definitely end up talking about that next week when it comes out. Um, game. Another right, game that I just have not been able to touch yet. I have actually been very heavily debating um, downloading it and getting all the mods so I can get all the visual upgrades for it because there's quite quite a few, at least on PC, um, that I definitely want to try out. Um, again, I think it's one of those games that it needs to be completely remastered. It needs that. It needs yeah. the Mass Effect... Um, thing it needs that it needs that rendition done to it for sure at least an update because uh, from what i've heard from a lot of people it's just it's an undeniable good game so i uh, definitely want to get into that 100 um, percent, fantastic well ladies and gentlemen that was the upcoming game segment so since we got that out of the way you guys now know what is going to be upcoming for you guys hopefully everybody's excited for cat cafe manager that comes out on the 14th um <laughs> I'm personally not, but hopefully you are. <laughs> Mute those words because it's going to be terrible on Twitter. That All day. over the place. Trust Cat me. Cafe. <laughs> Cat Cafe taking over the world. All right, ladies and gentlemen. But with that being said, Doom Reaper kind of hinted to it. We got to give you some thoughts about the gameplay that you are seeing currently in the <laughs> background today. Now, Paul, I want to lead this off with you because you're the og for this section here um and then i I can kind of bounce off of you from here but i'm going to set it up what have you learned from the community and not only that if you've learned anything or do you just want to get into kind of your kind of your overall thoughts about godfall how you feel i know because it was for you at the time you did say you had interest in it um you just didn't necessarily want to pay 60 70 dollars for it not only that but you also don't currently have like a pc or a playstation 5 to play these games on or mm. um didn't end up saving your playstation 4 so you could play it on there but let's face it next gen you're now you're used to 60 fps or that smooth buttery 120 that you're getting uh, that you that you've been bragging about. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, yes, man? Sir. Um, where do you kind of want to take it? Have you learned anything from the community? Uh, I, I know always, this has kind of learned made you look at some yeah. things a little bit differently. What you thinking? I always learn from the community, man. Not always the right thing, but I always learn from the community. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's a lot of different ways I could go. Right. Uh, this week, uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened this week. Um, again, one of the early things I, I, I learned this week was that, um, when, uh, a game is showing, okay. uh, when, when leaks happen, right. When leaks happen. Starfield I'm talking about, oh, wow. right. Okay. So we, we, okay. we had some pictures, right. Right. Some older pictures, right. 2000. 
2018 pre-alpha build steel. I found it from the community this week that it is allowed and should be acceptable to go ahead and compare those pictures to a game that is out and being played right now. That that is a fair comparison to some of these people in this community, um, which is the most ridiculous thing yet I've seen uh, out here that people honestly were going to push. They were actually analyzing hmm. 2018 pre-alpha build pictures of Starfield. That's how bad, that's how bad they want Starfield to fail is that some pictures get leaked that we did actually have last year if right. people were paying attention, but nobody was paying attention, of course. But now we're going to compare them to The Last of Us 2. We're going to compare them to uh, Horizon Forbidden West. We're going to compare them to all these games and say, oh, look, 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 look. 12 teraflops can't keep up. Xbox dropping the ball again. Uh, this is how bad and this is how scared or whatever the deal is because starfield is no longer multi-plat right because it's exclusive to one piece of plastic and again this does not just happen on one side right this is not something that happens on one side but i think it's utterly ridiculous that we go that far again it's just it's a circus man it's a circus and the clowns are running it it's unbelievable that you think that that again intellectual dishonesty. It's just unbelievable that you actually spew that shit to whoever follows you, whoever happens to see a retweet, even if I've got you muted and I see your stupid retweet. Whatever the case may happen, that you think that that is something that actually helps this community or brings it forward in any way, shape, or form. Even your argument. You think that that helps your argument in some way. No, it just makes you look stupid. So go get some help and learn how to have an actual discussion, an actual debate, like an adult that you're supposed to be. Again, I'm going to assume you are over the age of 18. Instead of pulling out some childish nonsense, like a three-year-old who doesn't know what they're looking at and goes, look, Look how bad this looks. Look how bad this looks compared to this game. Get some help. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. You guys can't even for one minute stop yourselves. You have zero self-control. Please, please take a deep breath. Take a step back from this community. Log off. Go play some games. Go get happy. And then come back with a fresh perspective. Because that right there, you lose all narrative, you lose all credibility, whatever you're trying to do, other than, other than, your only, if your only goal is to fill that ego with negative energy and negative attention, mm -hmm. guess what? You will get that from doing that sort of nonsense. And if that's the case, hey, you win. Congratulations. I don't know what you get out of it. Congratulations. I just know myself. I don't want to fill myself with that negative BS. Right. But my God, that was utterly ridiculous. So that was one thing I learned this week, Steele, that, that that's that's all that's that's all part of the rules now that uh, 2018 pre-alpha builds are all of a sudden something that we need to analyze and compare to complete 
out and playable games. That makes total sense to and, me, man. What, and before you, I mean, you know, before you continue, okay. um, right. I'm gonna jump. Let me jump on in a little bit with that. Um, I mean, that kind of leads into some other things too. Um, just as far as the conversation of a lot of these, a lot of the people who are choosing smoke or trying to find things to be upset about or really digging deep for that kind of stuff um really don't genuinely have interest in the game anyway um they just want to find a way to be messy they just want to find a way to make uh people laugh because they think they're comedians and that's unfortunate man it is what it is uh because a lot of these people aren't funny um not everybody's a comedian, man. Um, and I know a lot of people do this for entertainment and you want to throw some, throw some weight around, get people excited, whatever the case might be, cause an uproar and doing these types of things. You don't do that. Um, the only thing that you're doing is making yourself look a little bit questionable, at least for me. Uh, and again, a 2018 bill, you're comparing it to a game that came out in 2018. I don't know if you're scared that there's going to be more competition or whatever the case may be. But if that's the comparison that you're making, that's telling me that you, that's exactly what that is. Um, you've clamored and complained about there being no competition. And then now that there is, there's a problem now. Um, you're finding any and every little thing. Uh, again, I know Bethesda themselves, they have this, they have this thing around them where they're called bug Festa, and, and it's not just, to us as gamers, it's known as a common commodity to a lot of people who are normies that they get these games or there's, there's a little bit of issues here and there. Sometimes they've, that's more of the aesthetic of the game. That's what makes the some of the beauty of the game, right? Because the other thing that people don't realize um, that I kind of have a problem with, which is like when people complain about bugs and everything. Yes, we don't want bugs in games, but also let's be honest to say, we also live in an era where those bugs can be updated. Back in the day, if you had bugs in your game, you just had bugs in your game. Um, the other thing, too, is like let's not play ourselves and think that game development is just so easy. And you don't want to sit back and take the time to understand everything that is implemented in these games. Although I didn't play Fallout New Vegas, that does not mean that I don't understand how complex that game is. Where if you beef with one, basically if you beef with one hood, that can have an effect on your entire game, right? Uh, and that is such an, an enormous thing to do because also, like, I use Mass Effect as just something to kind of springboard off of. When you have intricate systems, especially when they carry game to game or just carry throughout an entire game, a lot of games don't do that. So when certain ones do something like that and is unique... I, I expect for there to be some issue because there's a lot of coding that goes behind the scenes. And one little thing, at least from what I've experienced from HTML coding back in the day, one little thing could throw everything awry. Um, and it only takes a little bit of research to understand those things and get some kind of familiar, uh, familiarity with them. Again, I'm not a game dev. I don't know what all it takes to get in there, but I don't do, I, all I do is give those people nothing but respect. Um, if the game's not for me, it's not for me. And I need people that you really need to understand that. Um, and again, we'll get that here in a little bit into this Godfall conversation um, because that's where it's really going to go deep. We're probably going to spend some time on this because it just speaks to a bigger picture, a bigger narrative that gets spoken on all the time. Um, but I definitely want Paul to get lit, to lead into that. But um, yeah, man, I have to agree with you right there. Um, 
that is another key thing that I have that I've also seen from the community that I've also learned that you just you can't be excited for things one and then two let's just compare old let's just compare in games that are currently being built to games that are already released that have been being that have been built for six years and still missing content but I'm not a one again that's not gonna leave anywhere else. um but yeah, just to give just give it back to you pong um go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's funny. Yeah, Steel gets so close to going on to so many factions rants during our shows. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, People, he really wants factions. The Last of Us multiplayer. He Uh, really, really really does. He enjoys the hell out of it. Anyways, uh, I was going to say, the other thing, let's lead into this, Steel. Let's let's get down to business. The other thing is... I learned from the community. You could obviously add to this from your own perspective to what you see and what you, you kind of experienced here is godfall the ultimate edition for everybody that doesn't know uh finally released uh this uh to xbox uh this week and pc they dropped new content it's been on pc but they, they dropped the new content now i think yeah. steam steam is though, before they, yeah yeah correct um but uh they dropped new content uh they dropped the ultimate edition mm-hmm. all in one package including all the dlc from uh the past almost two years of work, including all the patches, everything they've done to this game or whatever else. And I learned this week from the community that that hate train never stops rolling, man. Um, And it's kind of sad to see. And Steele and I have talked about this plenty for you. uh, Those of you who are joining us now or in the future, uh, if you've been with us for a while, you've heard me and Steele talk about this stuff. When we talk about, yeah, more than likely you have, because We've gone on many rants, whether it's about reviews and how we need to take a step back. And we don't for us, for us, again, for you, you can make your own decisions, right? That's that's everybody. But for us, not playing a game because of reviews or because of what, uh, you know, maybe even a majority have said about a game is, I think, personally for myself, would be a mistake because I find many games out there that people don't like or have issues with that i absolutely love i play for me again gaming is selfish yes the gameplay you're seeing here we are you know we're grouped up we're playing multiplayer we're having a good time it's social but the enjoyment comes for myself yeah i don't if if steel's having a good time with a game but it's a game that i'm not interested in i'm happy for steel but that game's still not going to give me any enjoyment right this is this is yeah, this is just a selfish thing, right? So I always will give, if I'm interested in a game and I want to play it and it's in my budget and it's it, it works out, I'm going to pick it up. Or if it's a game pass and I see it and I want to try it out, I'm going to download it, right? And I'm going to try it for myself despite what everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody here knows my love of Cyberpunk 2077 from yeah. day one. Man, too. Day mm-hmm. They want when the hate train came rolling, Steele and I still were out here telling people, look, don't don't listen to it. If you have interest in cyberpunk, go try, try it. it. It's a good game, man. Hey, it's a great five dollars right now. You need to go buy the fucking game. Go, yeah, you can I, still find it on a sale. Do do go yes. buy the damn game. I don't care yeah. what anybody else tells you. Go yeah. buy the damn game. But anyway, right. Exactly. So when Godfall launched this week, I kind of expected it because I, I knew, again, I even on this show, 
I love the nickname God awful. Right. right, <laughs> was, right yeah. I, I just think it fits so perfect. It it's, does, just, it's, it's, it's one of those, it was one of those nicknames that just is automatically a win when it came out and people started down in this game. Right. Again, a lot of that hate train started because this game was on PlayStation five only. Okay. Right. We had Randy Pitchford come out. You know, again, in Randy Pitchford fashion, the dude has a big mouth. He says a lot of things he should not say, but he did it again with Godfall and came out and said, only with the power of the PlayStation 5 SSD could this game be possible. Right. We were all looking at this game going, nah, nah, Randy, you're you're lying, brother. (laughs) You're lying out here. We knew that was off. (laughs) We we knew that was wrong, right? right? And just the way the game was touted on top of it being $70 over, obviously over on Sony because that's Sony's business decisions, right? The, this is third party. So they took advantage of what's become kind of the norm over there on right. that side of things. So they, they, they put out this game at $70, right. To start mm-hmm. out. And the game was not groundbreaking. The game was not earth shattering. The game was none of that. And right. so obviously you had people on the Xbox side, looking at this game as people on the PlayStation side were saying, we got Godfall, we got Godfall. And the Xbox people are saying, of course, the circus is in town saying, oh, garbage. What are you guys talking about? Stop capping for this game. Blah, 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 blah. Same, though. Right. Same thing. Again, we got the two circuses, right? right. But you, then all of a sudden it spread out, right? And I saw more just normal people talking about Godfall and, and how awful it was. And you know, just like Cyberpunk, most of these people never touched it, never had any intention of touching it like Steel just talked about. Um, Never had any intention of playing it, but just jump on the hate train because it's social media, because that's what we do as human beings. Not me personally, but that's what a lot of people do, right? It's just cool to hate on things, right? It's always been that way. But now with social media, it's amplified because now you got an audience, right? So now you get to spew your nonsense. And more people listen to you and you can get, you can get pats on the back for it. Right. Mm -hmm. As people jump in. Oh yeah, that's right. Get it, get it, get it. Look, that there was a lot around this game, but I got to give a shout out to, of course, my brother from another steel rain. This man picked it up on PC in the beginning. Right. And without any patches, without anything else, and behind the scenes, because I was, you know, I, again, I still think it's funny. God awful. I was using that because, again, I hadn't touched the game. And I, I said that. And I again, I wasn't judging the game. I just thought mm-hmm. the nickname was freaking hilarious. Um, but still was behind the scenes telling me, bro, I, I can't get on board with that name, man. He's you know, he was telling me he was like, look, I'm I'm playing and I'm having a good time. This is this is a this is a good time in here. And he kept telling me this. All the time. Again, just like him and I on Cyberpunk from day one, he didn't back down ever. And he didn't trash the game. He didn't say anything, the nonsense. He's like, I don't know what people are seeing. I don't know what people are playing. He goes, I honestly think a lot of these people haven't played this game or never intended to because this game ain't all that bad. Right. And I've been hearing this for a long time and I had interest in the game. Just look at the visuals, the style. Yeah. Everything. The flash, the flash, the high fantasy. Right. That all is stuff that appeals to me. Plus, it's a looter, which is one of my favorite genres ever. Right. I will jump into any looter and try it out. Right. So I've been sitting on this thing and finally dropped this week into Xbox. And what I found, what I saw, what I heard from the community is the minute this dropped into Xbox, not only did they drop the price for the game and all the DLC to $40, 
$40, right? And then they drop it, especially for Xbox. It's on sale for $30 for the next two weeks, right? I think there's 12 days left of the yeah, sale right like that, now. Yeah. $30, okay? Crazy. So they they were self-aware enough. Again, Gearbox as a publisher has not always been self-aware. They've, mm-hmm. they've had some missteps where you kind of go, what are you doing, Gearbox? But they understood that there was some negative connotation against this game. It probably didn't sell very well on PS5 once the hate train got rolling. I don't know the sales figures. Right. I'm assuming it didn't. But they decided to drop the price and then give a, another discount on top of that for Xbox players to jump into this. Now, what I saw was people jumping in. I put out, uh, Mav put out a post. I'll go to Fun Speculation too. Shout out to brother Mav. He put out a post uh, a asking whether or not he should jump into it right the other Mm -hmm. night and he had about half the people going in going absolutely not don't do it don't do it i went through some of those people's timelines i didn't see them talking about godfall except for back when it first launched and they jumped on the hay train i didn't see him at any point say hey i tried godfall and it's as bad as everybody says it is i didn't see any of those things right i didn't see anybody backing it up i didn't see anybody coming with honest to goodness discussion as to why you should not jump into this game for thirty dollars i just thought no don't do it don't it's gonna be a waste of money right thirty dollars too much blah 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 okay i put out a post right and i've got a lot of traction on that post i put out a post and when I made my decision to actually do it, I, I brought it up and I'm like 30 bucks. I'm like, God, man, I just, yeah, let's do it. Steel has vouched for this game. I love looters. We just rolled credits on tiny Tina's, which I was not expecting to do that fast, but him and I did it. Uh, we got through that game. So I was like, yeah, I can use another looter in my library. I'm going to jump into this. So I hit the download button and then I made a post on Twitter as well. And I didn't say anything. I just, all I said was $30 steal the deal. Plus my brother from another steel rain vouched for it. I love looters time to dig in, right? Time to jump in. That's all I posted. Same thing. I started getting traction. A lot of likes, a lot of likes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. There's a lot of people out there actually liking my post. A lot of people saying, Hey, let us know how you, you know, what you think of this game. But then I had other people coming in going, you paid too much. You should never have done this, right? I had those comments as well jumping in. And I'm like, at least give me a backup when you say that. This community is so dead set on hating things. It's unbelievable that people love that mindset. Again, why I did not say. T- why can't you tell me why you hated it? Like, right, right. But, 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 you should have bought it because. Yeah. Oh, 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 why, why, why? Like I said the other night, why do you not just scroll on by? If it's something you're not interested in, if it's something that you don't like, and somebody is making a post about it. And again, I didn't post anything out. I I didn't, you know, I didn't do the clickbaity tweet where I was looking for reactions, right? All I did was just say, Hey, I'm jumping in $30 sold me steel told me that this is a good game. I'm going in. That's all I said. Why would you not scroll past that post? Why do you have to come in there and go, oh, why would you do that? Waste of money. Why? Why? Right. Right. Why? Why? Why do that? Why do that? If you don't have anything to contribute to the conversation, which, again, those comments don't contribute to conversation. Okay. All that does is just you having to having you have no self-control that you have 
to post something negative underneath somebody posting something Hilarious. positive. Like they're jumping into a new game and you have to post terrible game. Yep. <laughs> yep. Why? Why? <laughs> scroll, scroll by, scroll oh. by. Just there's no reason to do this. That's funny. So that's the other thing I've been learning from about this community this week, Steel. Obviously, and it's something right. we talked about frequently. So it's not anything new whatsoever. Right. It's just that 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 hate train, even though Godfall's been out of the limelight. Godfall's completely. Been, yeah, we were way beyond that, right? We've already had twelve thousand other console wars on this on, on Twitter yeah, already, yeah, right? Yeah. Since then, and but yet still, it's dropping. They've got it on sale at a deeply discounted price with all the DLC. They're launching new content. This game has been worked on nonstop, and yet for some reason, that still triggers people to jump back in and start up that hate train all over again. And right. I think that that's just awful. Again, you don't like something, make your post on your own Twitter page. If you want to post negative stuff all day long on your own stuff, do it. That's your freedom. I tell you again, free speech, do your thing. Mm -hmm. But to jump into somebody else's post to purposely, you know, say something negative, that's the part I don't get. Man, that was unbelievable. Well, we're going to jump into this deal unless you have something else you want to add to all that. Oh, no. um, but uh, yeah, Godfall Ultimate Edition. Uh, Steel, first of all, I got to kind of chuckle here as I'm watching the video play because while, while you're playing it, it doesn't really hit you at all. But mm -hmm. while I'm watching the video play, if, if I was just to take a quick glance at the screen while you were playing this video, bro, there's a lot of destiny. <laughs> No, yeah, no. <laughs> melee yeah. destiny. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I just I didn't realize how much like graphically and that kind of stuff is, is just when the action's going on, when the right. when the battle's going on. If I didn't know any better, I just glanced at it, I'd be like, is that new is that new destiny DLC? What is that? Because <laughs> just how the numbers pop up and the bosses, right. you know, yeah. the, their health bars and all that kind of stuff. It just looks like that while I was watching this. But we jumped into Godfall. Steel actually went out and we got Mav. I, I, Mav was on the fence as I was talking about. He had put out a post whether or not he should do it. Uh, I hit the download button. I took, a, I took a picture of my download and sent it to him in the DMs, knowing full well that he could not resist. Yeah, uh, so, it's easy to pressure him a little bit. <laughs> so I got Mav to download it. But Steel funny. actually went out and bought it. He double dipped. That's how much he enjoyed this game. He double dipped and he went out and bought it for Xbox as well because there's no crossplay. Um, that is one no. issue, I would say. But again, smaller team, first time. Well, not smaller team. They're pretty big. Steel looked oh, them up last yeah, night. Yeah, 140. But, but, but they've been a support studio mainly. This is their right. first big game. It's called, what is it, Counter Counterplay. Games? Counterplay, Counterplay Games. games. Um, Counterplay they've games. helped with games like yeah. uh, Ratchet & Clank series, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Diablo 3, Valorant, Gears 5, Guild Wars, Titanfall 2, <laughs> Left 4 Dead, Halo 5, Battlefield 3, and Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, so they've got a ton of experience supporting. <laughs> yeah, they do. But this is their first full game yeah. by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but whatever, no crossplay, but so Steel double dipped. Right. So, uh, been hopping in, played by myself for a while, um, and then uh, hopped in um, with Steel, and then hopped in with Mav yesterday while Steel was working because I had a half day yesterday. And um, then we all hopped in. We had three, we did three player co op last night as well. It's Steel and I are here to talk about this because, again, as I said in my opening, there are times 
that you sit down and play games and they do something on another level and they're special and they have these deep thoughts and they really make you think or they're challenging and they're really all that kind of stuff, right? That we know that as gamers, right? That there's all these different styles of games, but there's those games and Steele and I talk about them here because we do play a lot of different games, especially uh, myself as a grazer. I play a lot of games. There's just games that come out that are pure fun, unadulterated, pure fun that gets you back to that child, inner child in yourself. This game right here is that game. Okay. Along with tiny Tina's tiny Tina's got a little bit more because of story and, and the humor and all yeah, that. Kind of stuff. Like, tiny, yeah. Tiny, tiny, tiny yeah. Tina's is another level, right? But Godfall just from a pure standpoint, let's talk about Godfall here. Steel. This game, I have no idea. Again, I never played it when it originally come out. So I can only go by what steel told me. Steel's telling me outside of the, you know, added content. And so a little, and I think still, you also said that it is a little bit smoother than your initial run through a, uh, a little bit a smoother mm-hmm. outside of that. This is the game that was launched. And if that's the case, okay. I have zero clue as to what problem people had outside of either a not liking looters or B wanting a really gripping story, which this game does not have. It's got, it's got a tropey story. Okay. Yeah. You know, again, there's nothing wrong with that from a team like this that's putting out their first big game. I have zero issues with it. It's interesting, but it's, it, it's tropey. It's your, it's your general. There's guardians of a world. One of them betrays the group uh, looking to you become re- a God. Yeah. Become, <laughs> yeah. Become a God. And then, yeah. And then now you're teamed up with a, with a sentient AI who's helping you and you got to go fight and beat them and all that kind of, it's tropey, right? It is what it is. Gotta but go it's still done <laughs> basically basically but it's done well it's not yeah. it's not horrible the acting is good i think liam neeson's actually in here i think he was in the opening uh part as the main character when you first play or um, yeah. yeah 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 i believe that's liam neeson i i could be wrong but i swear to credit well whoever it was not exactly like liam neeson I, so the acting is well done the cinematics are well done this is a polished game okay this is a very polished game Everything is working. The co-op is working almost flawlessly. We had a couple hiccups here and there last night. Nothing major. Literally took about 15 seconds to jump right back in again. All of that is there. The play mechanics are all highly polished. The combat is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this has got weight. Each weapon has weight to a different weight to it. Again, we always talk about that when you talk about combat. They captured the weight of the different weapons Really well, immaculate yeah. yes it's immaculate with how they did it um the loot is fantastic they've got this is a lot deeper game than anybody i saw talk about okay everybody said oh this is hack and slash this is hack and slash you can just button match your way through no, no you can't yeah. button mash your way through this you might be able to do that in the opening level steel was laughing at me because i was playing the opening <laughs> levels and i was in chat with him. and i was like hey i'm not dying too often i'm like this is kind of He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, just wait. Just, just wait. <laughs> it ramps up in difficulty, and you really do have to use some strategy, and you have to back away. It's not Souls-like by any stretch of the imagination, but you have to be wary. You have to use your parry. You have to use your dodge. You have to get out of the way. You're going to get mobbed. If you're playing in multiplayer like we were, if you get separated, things can get ugly real quick, and all of a sudden, one person's down, another person's down, yep. and now that last person standing... He's got to try to get one of you up. Look, 
game has it all if you're into looters. If you're not looking for this story that's going to grab your attention, if you're not looking for all that, as a pure looter, hack game, right? Uh, melee game, I should say. I want to go down that hack and slash road, but melee style game, no guns, right? This mm-hmm. is pure melee. If you want that type of game, if that's missing out of your library for $30, bro, this is one hell of a deal. We are having an awesome time. Like I said, it's a lot mm-hmm. deeper than what people give it credit for. And they've actually added some things so, to this that Steel even yeah. said. I'm going to let Steel talk on that because, again, Steel's beat it on PC originally. So guy knows this, right? He knows everything about this inside and out. But just for me, jumping into this game, and I've got probably, what, six, seven hours already into this game. Mm-hmm. This game has it all. The skill trees, the all the upgrades. Um, no, you can't. The customization is limited because of the part of the story and how they do it. And they could have done a little bit more with, but again, it is what it is. It's not a big, it's not a killer for me at all. It it just is what it is. Um, but they've got it. So you can upgrade your weapons. You can upgrade your rings. You can upgrade your, you know, charms. You can upgrade your necklaces. You can upgrade all this other stuff. And there's a whole lot more to it. You get new move sets as yep. you open up skill trees, right? It changes how you play. You can respect your character at any time. So if you're not happy with your build, go back and redo it again, right? Still take over for me because you you know the details, the insides and outs of this game. But we are yeah. having an absolutely fantastic time with Godfall. And I'll just say this. If you're on the fence about Godfall, and there's a ton to play. So, again, I'm not saying we're in some dry spell where you right. don't have anything to play. I'm not saying that. But if you are looking for a looter shooter, even as a single-player looter, okay, go ahead and jump into this game. Okay, at $30, I will give this my seal of approval, and I think you'll have a fun time. Again, I'll add this, too, as well. For the console versions, they did a lot of work um, on the back end ones, or I should say for the Xbox Series consoles, they did a lot of work. They added VRR, which PlayStation 5 does not have yet. They added VRR, and they added Dolby Vision as well. So if you got the TV to take advantage of those, this game is on another level. It's got a 120 hertz mode. Oh, when I found that out, because I was just playing on performance, right? Mm-hmm. Performance mode. I was like, oh, cool. It's, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's close. I think it's upscaled to 4K, but I think it's pretty high res and it's 60 frames. And I was like, oh, this is damn good, right? And then all of a sudden I went in there just to kind of look and see what else they had. All of a sudden, 120 hertz? Oh, yes, we're going to do 120 frames because I got a TV that could take advantage of that. Let me tell you something. Again, until you experience a game at 60 and then move to 120, it's feeling. It's hard. You, you don't know, right? But in a fast-paced, combat-heavy game you like this... It. You feel it. You feel it. And it is butter. Absolutely having a blast. Go ahead, Steel. Take over. Give the people some details and fill in. Yeah, man. So uh, there's a couple of different directions I want to take. And I'm going to start off with uh, my first kind of con. Well, I'll just give my opinions on Godfall. Um, I believe I did talk about this before when it originally released um, and that I did like and that I did like the game. Um, like I was telling Paul behind the scene, like I've told many people behind the scenes, um, I couldn't get behind the God awful trope that people were pushing along, um, even though it, it was funny. I understand it made sense and it, it was hilarious. It was. Um, and it didn't help that the game wasn't doing well or holding up to the standard that Randy set it at or PlayStation set it at, whatever the case may be. Because honestly, that is the main problem that I have with the game is that it was set to a high bar. It was set to a high standard. And 
it's not quite that though it's not garbage as people have tried to make it seem either or as the reviews tried to make it seem i will say again i've beaten godfall i played it on pc bought a day one for 60 bones or whatever the case may be and i've beat the complete game so i was able to get to the end game content and everything else and i can let you know that when i originally played the game the end game content was very lacking as i like to call it it had the anthem syndrome um, what I mean by that when I say Anthem Syndrome is when you you have such a good time throughout the game and then you get to the end of the game and there is nothing there. I mean, it feels bare bones to the point to where it's like, okay, I'm just what I'm just getting new gear or what, what am I doing? Oh, it's there's no it's nothing streamlined. It doesn't make you feel like you're progressing towards anything. And that's kind of what I got from the game originally. Now. There was an update that came out not too long afterwards. Um, I believe it was the Dreamstone update. Um, now, I could be wrong on that. Again, I have not played the game since the first update really released. I, I think I got a couple hours in that first update. And after that, I hadn't played it since because there was other games that came around it. Um, I went back to 2020 because that's when the game released. Just to kind of give you an idea of the kind of games that came out around that time. The game released on PlayStation 5 on November 12th. That means it was also released on Epic um, because it was on PC already. It's just in Steam now. Um, but it was on Epic before um, and it came out November 12th. You had games like Devil May Cry, the special edition that came out for PlayStation 5. You had the Demon Souls remake. You had Dead by Daylight. You had Borderlands 3 that came to PlayStation 5. Got that upgrade. Um, um, you had Man Eater, you had the Marvel Spider Man update, you had 2K21, another big thing. Fortnite got its update, Dirt 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Up, the, the, I'm just going through these to kind of give you a perspective. Call of Duty, Watch Dogs Legion, Sackboy. I'm going through this list just to kind of give you an understanding of the type, type of games that it was in competition with or trying to pull attention away from. And to be honest with you, for the way that it came out, it had it was not going to compete, especially at the mantle that it was held to. This game, whoever put whoever put that pitch together, oh, this can only be done by the power of the SSD and the PlayStation Five. Goddamn that they try to sell the fuck out of that. Because that is anything further from the truth, as we have found out. And anybody that knows anything about games, again, I don't need to know about game design or how to build games to understand how games work, how loading works, how, like, just to have basic knowledge about things. You And I can tell from this game, um, again... I'll use Ratchet and Clank as a reference to that's even debatable, right? And there's been plenty of things that have been debunked about that until we see differently. We'll talk about that. But um, obviously this game wasn't doing that much different to kind of say, oh, this is the next industry standard or whatever the case. I mean, it proved that. Though, like um, Pong has said, um, and he's asked me questions about, hey, well, you know, was all, all these things here, Matt was, was asking me the same questions. Hey, were these things here when the game originally released? And I could tell you right now, as far as the entire beginning of the game, as far as the story goes and everything else, now they have revamped it. They've made it look better and everything else, and it does play smoother. You are getting the exact same content. 
that I experienced when I originally played the game. There's nothing different. Content, the game, the combat's the same, the loops the same, the maps feel the same. It all feels the same. Though there are differences because there are some things that they've added on throughout the couple of years, almost couple of years that it's been out because it's only been out for a year. I'll only give it a year because it came out late November. Um, but for the a little bit over a year that it's been out, uh, there there has been some updates to like the different Valor plates because that was one of the other things that was kind of a turnoff for me is that before there wasn't like different levels of the Valor plates that you go unlock and you get extra bonuses. Before it was just one bonus. Like, okay, so you'd have a Valor plate that had critical hit chance, 15%. That's all that it did. Other than that, it played exactly the same. Or you have another one. Oh, it does bleed. Oh, you have another one that um, you get better buildup um, and so on and so forth. You had the, then that was the only thing that was the difference. Now, there's different levels to it. To, so as you progress with that Valor plate, um, not only do you get that, let's say, 15% critical hit chance, but then now uh, you get the next level and or you ascend your, your Valor plate and then you get, let's just say, um, now you get that additional 20% buildup or just use it as an example. That's not a direct example or whatever the case might be, but that's essentially what ends up happening, um, which is a welcome addition. That wasn't there before. But other than like that, the mechanics and how the game plays and feels and everything, it feels exactly the same. So like when I tell, when I was telling the Pong, I don't understand what people were, get, were saying about the game as far as it, being a dead game or not good, or there's no polish. I couldn't agree with any of that. As far as and it's bigger, the biggest reason why I couldn't fall in line with that whole god awful trope because it's not an awful game. Like it's the same thing about it's like the same thing about Anthem. I can't say Anthem was an awful game. It wasn't. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was lacking, and it took forever to find the support and also the other thing that anthem had against it is that it had the name of bioware behind it it had a lot more i guess sachet one but a lot more writing behind the name so i'd imagine that people sitting at the table had a lot more say so and a lot more feeling behind it and that's why in part of the reason why it failed why we never got anthem 2.0 and everything else do the thing about Godfall, it's almost like an indie, right? Where they've got the support. And for this to be the first iteration of this game, they've done a lot of things right. Not only that, but because they're not like a hugely known name or whatever the case may be, they have stuck in and supported the game still. There was an update that came out when the game released to Xbox. And Steam with this new update, with this ultimate edition, not only do you get everything part of the game that has come out up to this point, but you also got the new update, con the, the new updated content. So, boom. Now you're getting stuff that has never been there before. Now you're now instead of three player co op, which speaking on co op real quick, co op wasn't e as easily accessible where you could just send an invite to somebody and they join or whatever else the case might be. I had to type your name out and hopefully you join and maybe we stay connected. We experienced a little bit of that last night, some of the, the tropes of what I was dealing with. Um, but it wasn't a, a really good experience. Tim, the developers of Godfall is Counterplay Games. Um, definitely checking them out. They have, they've been more of a support studio. But 
This is like their first official, like them putting their foot out the door saying, hey, this is our game. Um, but just to speak back on to, I was, I think I was talking about the matchmaking side of it. Um, yeah, you were talking about the problems in the beginning and uh, the co-op side of it. It was, it was always three player co-op, right? Um, but there were those issues where it was just hard to match make again. Um, there wasn't like built-in matchmaking to where you can just load into a realm or whatever and say, Hey, matchmaker random ple- random players. There wasn't that. I had to like literally, hey, hey man, you want to play some Godfall? Or I had to go into a Reddit, hey man, you play Godfall? And like get people together so we could play. It wasn't just like a um a matchmaking system there that made sense. So that was another thing that was working against it. Again, first game, kind of what you expect. I'm I'm pretty sure they tried to see how what kind of traction this game was gonna get before they went that direction. But um Neither here or there, they've continued to support the game, and it's seemingly, at least from what I have experienced, from originally playing it when it came out within that first, when those first three months to now, there's so much more back-end content, especially in the end game now. Like, they've went from three-player co-op to now having the availability to do six-player co-op, um, but that's only in-game content. So everything that you're doing with story and everything else, um, it's all three player. But the fact that they added that in shows, at least tells me that they've, that they not only have they garnered more tra- attention, attraction, whatever else the case, um, but they've put a lot more effort and work into this. They believe in this game. That's what it shows me. Now, again, Yes, I, I have double dipped into it. Um, when I got it on PC, I didn't get all the DLC cons and everything else. Whereas I am this, where I, which, whereas I did this time around with the Ultimate Edition. So, boom, I'm already getting benefit from it. But I say that, and I mentioned that because I had enough belief in it. This was a game that when I saw originally that I said, man, I, I'm interested in that. It looks like my style. I like looters. I like the combat that it was displaying. And then when as I, as I played it, I was like, this is exactly all the notes that I, that I wanted. High fantasy. It's over the top. Um, no, is the story the most amazing? No. But again, like uh, like Pong said, it's a it's a revenge story. Your, your brother whooped your ass. Uh, y'all were tight. This whole time, he got obsessed with trying to become a god or heard this way to become a god, got obsessed with that, betrayed you, and you took your fall, and now you're trying to wake your way back up so you can take your revenge on your brother. That's essentially this whole story. It's not over the top. It's not convoluted. It's not hard to understand, but there is a story here. Um, And again, it's a Kojima, it is not. No, it's not <laughs> Kojima. Um, but speaking of Kojima, the cutscenes look good the game yeah. looks good plays oh, well graphics yeah like if you wanted a game that should, that like demonstrates what graphics could potentially look like this is an example expect yeah. i mean again you're not looking for realism in this game you're looking for high fantasy for what it's representing right pops um, off the screen it it does 100 colors everything it's it's on point lighting they've done a lot of things right in this game and again like we look back to other games and we say damn man where would uncharted be if it wasn't for that first game well if they didn't get that second game where would we be at if gears didn't get its second game where would we be at halo so on and so forth you want to go metal gear you want to go down the list where would these games be at if they didn't get that first opportunity this game has a lot of breath that can be put into it if there was a second iteration um 
that was given a chance. There's a there's a lot that they could do. This could potentially be like the next big title if they had some some uh, some good support behind it, or if they see some people if some people see the vision like I do. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have millions of dollars to put behind the title or whatever the case might be, or I would because I see the vision. Like I could see them um, taking it from this simple hub world to a bigger hub world bigger worlds easier not so you don't have to come in and out of um, missions all the time you could do multiple missions in one session and really take advantage of the scenery and everything else um have more enemies get put in really make it a next-gen experience and hit all those notes that you were trying to sell it on before i can really see that um <laughs> mr kima says series x is the best console version of godfall <laughs> uh I, I, from what i'm hearing yes um does the game support fsr fsr it does. i do uh, recall seeing it that it does it does yep um so that's just that's my feeling about godfall again like i always say here if you were interested in the title before if you um like combat-based games if you like looters if you like over-the-top high fantasy games i would suggest you trying it out 100 percent uh, again, it's my word. And if, it, if this game doesn't work out for you, then it doesn't work out for you, man. Um, but that kind of leads me into the Game Pass conversation. Because I've seen a lot of people, and it's a contradictory thing. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, this game should have been in Game Pass. Oh, it needs to be in Game Pass. Oh, um, it has to be in Game Pass. And look, I completely understand. I'm with you on some of those points. I do think that if this game was in Game Pass, especially with Xbox, it could do a lot more justice for this game. People would just be jumping in, trying it out, just without a a second reason. My only issue with that is, is that where it becomes kind of contradictory for me is because you can't say that Game Pass has good games and then say a game isn't good enough, so it needs to be in Game Pass. What are we talking about? Like, that is the most contradictory conversation to have with anybody that I've ever heard in my life. Like, you can't on one side defend Game Pass and say, oh, yeah, we get good games in here. We're getting good value. Um, everything is, like, kind of worth my dollar. No, I don't touch everything, but it's 100% worth it. We get good games in Game Pass. And then you get a game like Godfall that's at $30. It's not $60, $70, even $40. At this, at the quality that it's at, I, I think it's well worth the $40. I still think it's well worth yeah. the, the $60 that I paid for it originally. 100%. That's just me. But even at the at its, the price that it's at now, Ultimate Edition, I think it's 100% worth it. Everybody wants to clamor on, or, you know, go to, oh, you know, supporting the devs. We don't know this, all this other other shit. Me and Pong have sit here plenty of times. We're not worried about who supports the devs or not or whatever the case might be um, because at the end of the day, they're getting paid. They're getting paid. For sure. They're going to get paid regardless. My job yeah, is a gamer. They're not working for free. No, they're not working for free. My job as a gamer is to play games and support the games that I want to play. What I don't appreciate is when people make it seem like Game Pass is food stamps. And if, something, if something's not good enough, oh, it needs to, it should just be on food stamps. When that's not the case, man. Like, and again, 
Now, I also want to talk to the people who, again, make this are having this contradictory conversation of that. Oh, uh, it's thirty dollars, but uh, it's I paid paid twenty dollars too much. Oh, I paid ten dollars too much. Oh, I got it with my or when they're trying to make excuses for themselves. Oh, I I use my um my my Xbox rewards. I used the gift card to buy it, so I didn't really have to pay for it. Like, why are you saying it like it's a bad thing? If you didn't, if you didn't have any interest in the game, say that. Say that. Oh, I had to pay thirty dollars to try the game out, and I wasn't really interested in it. But it's a cool, it's a cool game. Come to find out, I still don't think it's worth ten dollars. Cool. I, I feel you on that on that on that sentiment. I don't understand it. But I feel you. But it's just for me, it's so weird that you want to pay, you want to brag about paying for games um, or say, hey, Game Pass subscribers, we still buy games and then complain when you feel like you've paid too much for a game. And then say, oh, um, and then actually suggest to people, oh, no, just wait till it comes to Game Pass. Now you're and now you're downplaying it. Oh, it's going to come to Game Pass. Oh, it just needs to come to Game Pass. So thirty dollars isn't worth it to you. That's a big deal. That's not. It's really not that worth it to you. That you want to make sure that you tell other people, hey, just wait for Game Pass. Now, if that's legitimately how you feel, cool. I, and that's what your audience um, pays attention to, cool. But we still buy games. I don't buy every game. I don't invest in everything. I do have particular tastes. And I'm also a Game Pass subscriber. I'm also, I'm subscribed to a lot of different things. I just can't get behind the, the two-sided convers the conversation shit. Um, either you think the game is worth it or you think it's not. And that's my biggest takeaway from this whole thing. Um... But don't make Game Pass seem like it's less than, but then also big it up in the same breath. That just doesn't make sense to me. I, I understand what you're saying, Steel. Like the, pe the people that say the Game Pass doesn't do things for games except for hold back sales, but then say a game has to go into Game Pass like, to be successful. You know what that, I'm that saying? Is, like the, that, that, that is hypocritical. Uh, that is contradictory. That is all of it. Would I get exactly what you're saying? The only conversation that I think is valid to have with a game like Godfall is because it got so much hate, because it had a stigma against it coming from the PS5. Would this game benefit from being in Game Pass? It would benefit 100%. That's a 100%. different conversation, though. Correct. That's a Correct. completely different conversation, Correct. and I would love to have that conversation. Yeah. Would it yeah. benefit? You yeah. got damn right it would benefit. Because yeah. people like the people that are downplaying it and making people think that it's not good enough or not well enough for to even put their foot $30. in it, $30 yeah. into it. Bro, you're complaining about $70, $60 games. You don't want to spend 30 for a game that you might like? It's a full experience? Like, like what are we fucking talking about? Really? Like, I understand being gamers and being entitled or whatever the case might do. We're doing this shit for fun. But God damn, don't be disingenuous in the same breath. Right. To me, it comes across disingenuous. And that's just me yep. being honest. You can take that how you want to. If you feel like this is plucking a heartstring for you, hey, 
take that bottle, suck on it, and, and go lay in the bed. Yep. Just can't play, can't play two sides of the fence. Like, I know be a Pong, sit here, we say we're a console, we're um, a non-console-centric platform, because we aren't. But we also won't lie to y'all and say where our preferences lie and what we're into. But I also am a gamer. Right. At the end of the day, I don't care where you're playing it at, how you're playing it, what you, or how you feel. If you like it, you like it. Because that's what it's about. It's about your experience. Are you having a good time? Are you having fun? And when you can pop on a game like Godfall and just run through it, blasting through enemies, understanding the combat, knowing, coming to understand that it's not a hack and slash brain dead game like people tried to make it out to be. That that game that that it's a lot more, even on release. Like there's so much content more now, so much more depth now. Even on release, the game yep. was more complicated than people tried to make it seem. Correct. Hey, back, back, and real quick. It is unfortunate, Steel. Back, real quick. Uh, as far as playing it solo, uh, yes, I did play it solo uh, to start out, but I played Borderlands solo as well, right? Borderlands yeah. 1 and 2, I played almost exclusively solo, except for when me and my kiddo jumped in. So I do play looters solo. Not everybody does. A lot of people like have to have that, that multiplayer aspect, the co-op aspect to it to enjoy the game. I personally can enjoy the game solo, and I would yeah. definitely say that Godfall is absolutely 100% playable solo. Uh, it scales very well. Uh, the enemies scale very well. Um, and yes, you can do it solo and is entertaining um, as all get out, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, no matter what. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to attest for that. I played yeah. the game originally solo on hard. And it does, that's what people were giving some of the Souls references to before because it does have some of those tropes, especially playing it solo. Like it has that kind of feel. When you die, yeah, you're going to get put back a little bit, but it's not as punishing. Like this game, you die at a boss. One yep. of the things that it does, for an example, even if you do it in a co-op, but you'll notice when you play solo, like I'm, I'm playing on hard, I'm finding one of the, it was even in the beginning, it was like the second, third boss that I fought, getting used to the game, whatever the case might be, when I originally played it, and you're playing on, you're playing on hard, um, the, the bosses have bars, they're separated, sometimes they got three bars, sometimes they got one bar, sometimes they got a couple bars, whatever the case. If you get a bar down, if you die, when you come back, the boss starts at that bar. At the, you know, the next bar. Yeah, he doesn't regen. He doesn't, he doesn't regen, regen that portion of health. Now, yeah. if you don't kill, forget that that full, that part of that bar all the way down, then yes, he is going to start back with full health. So it's kind of like, it kind of makes you feel like you're progressing if you get to a certain point. So yeah. it's not super punishing. It's like the game is wanting to be like, hey, you're getting somewhere like you are progressing. The game is always wanting you to progress. It doesn't want to punish you and make you feel like you're a piece of shit. No, the game wants you to learn. Again, it's another game that wants you to learn the mechanics. And this is how the game works. Exactly. And, and it's not overly complicated. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. And it's self-explanatory. Look, one speculation just jumped in here too. Shout out to you, Mav, brother, yeah. uh, who you'll see in here. Okay. Mav's that guy. And again, this is, this is nothing. I'm not giving away secrets yeah. here. Mav's that guy. <laughs> 
that doesn't read directions to games. Okay. Mav's that guy that gets confused because he skips through all the parts that you're supposed to learn. Okay. That's how Mav is. But even Mav was saying last night while we were playing and he's on stream too, right. talking about it last night, is that the, even for him, for this game, everything is straightforward. Everything is very, it's set up very well to make it easy to understand what you need to do. Even right. the complex upgrading and all that kind of stuff is set forth very well. Again, for a team that's never done a big budget title that has been a support studio they seem to have learned from all those big giant titles that they worked on and all those devs that they were working with on those titles they seem to have learned their lessons well because this game for that type of studio to come out with with their first new ip is so well done and so polished it's unbelievable like i said if you just told me that gearbox's borderlands team did this game i'd be like yeah absolutely of course i could see it they it's very it's done so well that i could definitely see that this is some veteran team who's done some triple a titles before made this ip right but no it's a support studio that did this and they are obviously extremely talented but i want to get back steel to some what you're talking about because i thought you brought up some really great points in there as well just in general People, this is why Steele and I started this show. You're not going to get this kind of in-depth talk about Godfall on a lot of shows. Nowhere else. They're just going to say whatever. Right, right. And a lot of people would say, well, because, you know, people come to podcasts to hear all news and, and, you know, to get the jokes and all that kind of stuff. Like Steele was saying, we are gamers. Why we do something like this, why we highlight a game like Godfall not the biggest release in the world, a release that got panned and buried the minute it showed up over on PS5 for all the reasons we already discussed. Look at all the games I, I told you guys about. Right. Like, right. right. Damn, that's this, a lot to compete with. Right. It's a ton to compete with, but it was dead and buried. And this game was never, again, outside of the hype that was trying to be built by Randy Pitchford and, and PlayStation, all that kind of stuff behind the game. Mm-hmm. Once it came out, once the hate train started, this game's been forgotten about. But why Steele and I come here on Saturday mornings? Yes, we come here to talk about the news. Yes, we come here to pull comments from the the community and talk about those and to go on our rants and all that kind of stuff. We do that because we love this industry as well. But at its our core, we are gamers. And when we find something like Godfall, when we find a little gem like Godfall that may have to most people been like forgotten about or should be ignored, or you shouldn't spend $30 on it because right. it's not worth it. Even though you yourself has never played it before. We're going to come here and talk about it because we want to give back to our community and say, Hey, look, we're gamers. We're enjoying this. If this, if this is something that you're looking for, or if you think that from what we're describing, you're interested in it, go ahead and jump in because we're telling you as gamers, as people that have been around, myself for you know four decades now gaming, over four decades gaming, Steel for over two decades gaming, we can come here and confidently say, we think you're going to like this game. And I saw some comments in there. Tim the Sorcerer, Retro Nerd, both said, hey, we might jump into this because of what you guys are saying. That's what we're here for. That's yeah. what the community That's is it. about. We're celebrating. We're celebrating. Hey, Godfall. You're not going to find too many games this polished with this much depth that give you this much enjoyment for $30 out the gate with all the DLC. Go jump in. Go do it. Even at $40, like Steel said. Right? This this game is worth it. So we just want to let everybody know here that this, this is something that don't listen 
to the freaking nonsense. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to people out there that killed this game before it even showed up on the scene, because this is something, this is what we're here for. We game, we have fun. This is what it's about. And so if you're looking for that new game, Godfall, try it. If you're interested, please, because it is worth it. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, the biggest thing about this whole conversation is, again, like we always say here, um, Pong says, play what you love, love what you play. And like I say, you keep it live, raw, and uncut. But the biggest thing is that if you're interested in something, try it. Especially if it becomes at a price point that you can kind of get down with. If you feel like it's still too much, then be honest with yourself and be like, damn, do I really have that much interest in this? Because usually that tells you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, let's just say, you don't go to, you don't go buy clothes and look at a shirt and be like, you look at some of your favorite clothing brand, like, let's just say, mine's Adidas. So let's just say I go to Adidas and I'm looking at some Adidas clothes and I'm like, damn, I, I, I like Adidas, but I, I think I'm just going to buy Jordan because that's just more expensive. Like that just, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm I'm gonna buy it because this is what I like. No, I'm not I'm not me not even a big clothes dude either. That's why I wanted to kind of use that example. But either way, if it's something that I like, if it's something that I enjoy, if it's something I find interested in, even if it's a, if it's a shirt that's at Walmart, if it's a graphic tee, whatever the case may be, if I got some cool characters on, I'm gonna invest into it. And that's kind of what this should be the mentality with anything else that you find interesting in that you can financially support, right? Uh, I'm not saying, oh, you got to, again, I know not everybody got a ton of the money in the world. So, yes, that's why I do wish this was in Game Pass, because then you would, those people who may not have that access, again, that's why we, when we talk about Game Pass, why I say it's such a unique thing, because I wish I had it when I was a kid. Um, I had to make those critical choices, which have influenced my opinion on how I look at games today. Which is why I'm also going to lead with a little bit of smoke here and say that I am jaded by a little bit of my opinion because I said this last night while Mav was streaming and I'll say it here on my own show because it's what I believe. Oh, oh we're coming with the hot take. Here yeah, we go. I, gotta I, come with the hot take. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the people to hear it. Clip it if you want. I honestly, if you gave me a choice and said, Steel, you can either play God of War or you can play Godfall for the next month, next year, whatever time frame that you gave me, I am going to ping Godfall nine out of 10 times. Honestly, 10 out of 10 times. Why? Because I am a multiplayer dude. I like co-op experiences. I like what this offers me versus what a God of War offers me. Now, I'm not saying that God of War is I'm not saying Godfall is the better game overall. I'm not saying that. So don't twist my words and <laughs> and try to because I know people do that. When you when you start talking like this, that's what people do. They try to pull out specific pieces and say, "Ooh, no." Understand what I'm saying? God of War is the better game, but for a personal preference, if you ask me, Steel, what do you? Which one would you pick? I am going to tell you Godfall. Because of what it gives you. Again, you have to be into it. Nobody can convince me to play. Again, I invested in the God of War twice. I had it on PlayStation 4, and I also have it on PC. Guess what? I still haven't beaten the game. Why? Because I played four hours of it 
and I'm just not interested to go back. You know what happened when I got it on PlayStation 4 originally? Before I, you, you can jump in here, Paul. No, no. When I got it on PlayStation 4 originally, you know what happened? I got it on PlayStation 4, Spider-Man came out, and I forgot about it. And I sold my PlayStation 4. Why? Because it sat. <laughs> I didn't, wasn't thinking about going back. I understand the how great it is, but it's not going to force me to play it, right? That's not what it's about. But my fault, Paul, go ahead. No, no, it's not your fault. I was just going to jump in and add because it's you. Exactly. And I was going to yeah. say, because that goes back to what you always talk about since we started the show as well, is know who you are as a gamer. You. Know that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Again, this is a selfish hobby. Even if you play multiplayer and that's your favorite thing like Steel that's his ultimate thing is, is multiplayer. That's what he grew up with. That's what he always chose as his way to play games for the most part. He's yeah. dived in. He's dove into single player now as he's gotten older. Yeah. He's experienced mass effects of the world and all that kind of stuff now. But at the end of the day, he still knows who he as is a who he is as a gamer. And he can confidently state that type of opinion to say, look, if I had my choice. I would much rather put ours into Godfall over God of War. And a I lot see. of people go, oh, how can you say that? Because he knows who he is as a gamer and he is confident in it. And that's what he talks about here as well. Yes. Does it? 100%. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to build your gaming around what other people's opinions are what is the point <laughs> what is the point in that why are you in the community right. if you're building your gaming library off of everybody else's opinion i've right. never done that i have never even started to think like that until i got until i started jumping into this community where it was just like oh well this guy's playing this maybe i should check it out and then i when the first time i caught myself doing that i said i'm not gonna play this game just because people want me to play it i don't care and we can have a conversation about it. And guess what? It's going to be, this is where people mess up at. It's going to be a very one-sided conversation because you're talking to a brick wall. You're not going to convince me of what I should or should not be doing. You can make suggestions like Pong has. Cyberpunk, biggest example. It's the biggest example that I can give y'all. I was, I was very questionable of buying Cyberpunk. I have no history with CD Projekt Red like that. Witcher, Witcher 2 is my first experience with CD Projekt Red, and it was not good. It was a, I played that for three hours, and I was like, this is rough. And come to find out, because the game was rough. Witcher 3 is a much better game. I still haven't gotten to play that yet. But that's besides the point. Cyberpunk, best example. I was questionable. Paul said, hey, man, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. I value Paul's opinion. I jumped into it. Almost, what, I said 50, 60 hours later, I get the best ending in the game. I had a fucking fantastic time about it. And it was still within the first 90 days of the game releasing when people were having problems. Another game that people said wasn't worth it. Oh, at too much hype. No, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of hype and it was oversold, but it doesn't keep it from being a good game. That's exactly what it is. CD Projekt Red did it again, 
despite what the publisher wanted to do or the people at the boardroom, they did it again. They made a good game. It has issues. Same, same thing with anything else. That, that's always going to be my overall point. Know what you stand for as a gamer. Know what you're into. You should go. You should do that with anything, though. In life, understand what you are into. Just because the guy down the street has has a Lamborghini doesn't mean you got to go get a Lamborghini. You want to drive your Audi? You want to drive a I Volkswagen? You want to drive a Ferrari? Ferrari, Ferrari. What, whatever the car may be. <laughs> just because they have one does not mean you have to have one. Just because whatever the case might be. Just because you like white bread doesn't mean I got to go get white bread. Maybe I want to go get wheat bread. Like, the comparison is going to go on and on and on and on for whatever reason that you wanted to be for. Understand why you are in this, why you're in the community, why you play games in the first place, and it's because to have fun, to remove the the real world. That's the whole point of gaming. That's why it's considered medicine at this point, why people use it for therapy at this point, why people with certain attention disorders or whatever the case may be, why they use this, because it is very useful. I'm not just sitting on a TV doing nothing. Right. Because that's what we are known for. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really want to get out to the people is that gaming has so much more of an impact as long as people understand what they're in it for than TV ever will. That's why the medium is taking over. That's why they're looking at gaming now. Oh, how, oh, uh, how can we uh, evolve? Oh, let's make a Halo show. But what we're going to do, and they did it on purpose, oh, what we're going to do is... uh. We're going to make it non-canon so nobody can talk shit about it. Well, people can talk shit about it, but they have to understand it's our own show. And guess what? It's working. It might not work for you, and I've seen that. Again, real quick, going just to jump in because I feel like that was a good transition. Jump into the whole Halo thing because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back into Game Pass. This is another game that I do want to touch on really quickly um, before we kind of continue with our conversation. But the Halo show. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, it is doing what it's supposed to. People who are sci-fi fans are finding interest in this show. Understand that this show is going through character development, build up, know nothing about the games, the stories. That is the point, to open up the medium. That's been Halo's problem. It's closed off to two people just like us. I'm a hardcore Halo fan. Guess what? I love everything about the Halo show. Everything. Yes, they're treading some some very shallow water. They are. Uh, like, they could be borderline on the verge currently. But I am enjoying it. And the reason I say that it's doing what it's supposed to, give, give you an example, personal example. My mom, she's not into, she's not into games. Doesn't understand the point. Doesn't know what Halo is. Has heard about it before. Doesn't care about it, though. Watches the TV show and says she's enjoying what she's getting out. So what she's seeing so far. She's invested. Ladies and gentlemen, that's somebody who's not even in our ecosystem. Will never be in our ecosystem. But now potentially might be if they do right by this show. Why? Because these are sci-fi fans. There's so much sci-fi to dig into in the gaming space, universe, industry. Oh, now we get now that Mass Effect show sounds very possible. 
People saying, oh, Halo, Halo's turned into a Mass Effect show now all of a sudden. Oh, really? Guess what that I can guess what they're talking about now, probably in the background. Oh, you heard them talk about Mass Effect? Maybe we should bring that out. People really love that game. Matter of fact, I already know it's a conversation. Look at the rumors. Look at the if you just do a little bit of research, these talks are already happening. This is how we evolve gaming. Everything's not going to be perfect, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be what you want. Can't tell the same stories over and over again. But we are evolving, and I think that's such an amazing thing. Pong, uh, you got anything that you want to add on to that um, as I made that transition? No, you haven't watched the show yet. You're not a big show watcher anyway. (laughs) But If I'm on my TV, I'm gaming. I I am eventually going to hop into this. I did sign up for the free 30 days of Paramount Plus, so I do have to jump into it and just check it out for myself. Because, again, at the end of the day, even if I'm not the biggest Halo fan, the show definitely has some ideas and thoughts behind it. And from what I've heard you speak on it and Matt speak on it and so many people in this community speak on it, uh, I definitely think it could be interesting. But like you said, Steele, again, just watch it for what it is, right? And again, if it's something that you're not interested in, I'm not certainly telling you to sit down and force yourself to watch it. You don't have to at all. But again, stop coming at people just because they're enjoying something that you don't. Please stop that nonsense. Uh If you don't enjoy it, say it on your own timeline and move on. That's it. That's all you got to say. If you need to speak on it, speak on it and then move on. They're not going to all of a sudden up and change the entire show and make it canon in in episode four just because you are all complaining about it. No. They've got they've got it lined up for the next two seasons, where they want the story to go, how they want the characters to develop. It's not canon. It's Halo show based upon a whole different timeline. Guess what? We get to see Chief's face. Yes. Got a different voice. Yes. That's the way it is. That's what they decided to do. So if you don't like it, okay. I know you were expecting something more. You've been waiting a long time for Halo. I understand that disappointment. Trust me. Again, as I always say, I've lived long enough now. Plenty of things have disappointed me that I wish were different. Star Wars being one. It is what it is. Can't change it. They got a plan. But let everybody else enjoy it. People like Steel sitting back and saying, you know what? This isn't isn't a TV series based upon halo canon or the games i played but guess what i love the halo universe so much i'm just having a good time with it yeah. I'm loving the character development sure. i'm loving what's going on just let them enjoy it that's the way it is right now uh so hey good for everybody again if you're if you're loving this uh halo series i'm happy for all of you and again i am going to jump into it because again i am a sci-fi fan in general yeah even if i'm a casual halo fan i still think there's a lot here to have fun with and yeah. i can't wait to check it out and see what's about yeah and again the main reason for me trying to transition in, in, into that um is because i do want to touch on the new halo update too but um yeah. the other reason is just it just goes ties back into listen to what you're interested in pay attention to what you're interested in again i feel like that's what this whole spiel that we've talked about uh went into about godfall then going into halo um it's all it stems off the same point if you like it that's what it's about man uh, that is exactly what it's about. Speak the truth. Know what you like. Know what you don't like, and move on. There's other things that you can be out here doing. At the end of the day, um, but again, I feel like that was another perfect transition. Um, again, Halo fan, so I got to talk about the Halo news. Um, again, last week, you uh, last weekend, you guys kind of heard my rant about how I feel about the community, um, just constantly complaining about Halo Infinite. Uh, again, game the gaming community is can never be happy, especially um, about a well-renowned game, right? Um, 
Yeah, Halo's always, unfortunately, is always going to get that kind of flag just because of the kind of attention that Halo's always kind of garnered, right? Um, people want to see Halo kind of make its way out. It's been all around, uh, around for a long time. So it's not surprising to me when people say Halo's had enough or when they feel like it's not doing enough now. Um, there's not enough content, whatever the case may be. Um, this week, we got an update on uh, the new season. Oh, which is going to be called, uh, I believe it's called Lone Wolves. Um, we actually got a trailer for it and everything. Uh, let me see if I can play it for you guys in the background. I want to play without any audio, though. Uh, so let me see if I can do that really quickly. Um, as you guys can see, they got some cool-looking armor that they got set up for it. I'm going to mute some of the audio, try to turn it down a bit. Um, but it's called Lone Wolves, ladies and gentlemen. And it looks to be... Like they're bringing some of those notes. They listen to the community. Um, they're gonna add in some more customization. They're gonna be adding some maps. Is it everything that we want? No. Um, again, it does kind of hold credence to the conversation that this game was had a lot of issues behind it. There was a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes. And again, who knows? Um, I definitely would like to get a book about this. While we're getting Halo content, why not get a book uh, about the the makings of Halo Infinite? Because I think that's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, I think the transition for the engine has really heavily impacted that. Um, they're really not trying to downplay the engine. Maybe they're starting to see strides out of it, um, which is why they haven't said anything. Um, again, I said Pong asked me last week what is one of the main things that I um, would take as a good some good criticism for them and it is the communication although when they do communicate they do say hey these are the things that we are addressing and then since joseph state and this kind of came into the picture even he has stated if there's not anything for us to say we're not going to come out and say anything and for better or for worse you take that for what it is i, I can respect it because again as a game dev i can only imagine making games isn't easy and just because I got to level 100 or in the season pass and this season pass was out for six months and we don't have co-op yet, there's not Forge, I'm not going to find a reason to complain about those things. As a Halo fan, personally, I can say, yes, it's not enough. Yes, I have taken a break from Halo. And yes, they, I don't have a, a thousand reasons to be invested because no, there isn't many customization options and I can't find that type of gameplay loop somewhere else. Will I get that? Uh, that tight gunplay and the mechanics that I'm getting out of Halo. No, I popped it in the other day. I still, there's no other better gunplay other than Destiny that you can find. You can bring up Splitgate, you can bring up Call of Duty. It's still, those are different games. It's not the same. They're not this. Not as well polished, not done as well. Again, you can't say that the team didn't care about putting this game together. And I hate when people do that. They, oh, they just didn't give a fuck about this. Uh, Halo's dead. Uh, it's not ever going to be what it used to be. Halo's also trying to be something different. It's trying to be a live service game. And, and regardless of how you feel about it, it's going to be different. I am expecting a, a lot more things out of Halo this, this second season. Going into year two of Halo, I am expecting a lot more. But by this same time next year, like, I, like well, but it's this, by November, the same time of release, I am expecting for the game to be in a completely different place, as I anticipated when the game came out originally. I said then, a year from now, the game's going to be in a completely different spot. 
And I can see that happening. I know people have made the statement, oh, co-op isn't going to bring people back. You're a liar. You're a liar. You can't believe that. You honestly don't believe, you honestly don't know what Halo does. Co-op's going to come back out and people are going to reinvest in that co-op just because their buddy says, oh, I'll jump into it now. Or their friend will be like, hey, co-op's out now. You want to try it out? Boom. You don't know how many fans that create. How many bonds that starts to create? How many children, how many families are impacted by that? Because whether you and me realize it or not, whether it was just you or not, a lot of us have that experience where mom or dad sat down with us, played those games together, and that's why we have this love that we have for this. There's a lot of things that can be had here. Again, I'm still not on that bandwagon of, hey, let's just complain about shit to complain about shit. I'm, uh, no. I'll speak my piece. I believe in you speaking your piece. But after that, move on. If you can't continue, if you're mad because you can't put a thousand hours in Halo because it's boring now, because you've put 300 hours in and it's boring, that sounds like a personal problem to me, personally. And there is other games to play. It's not like we're in a dry spell. This isn't back in the day. You don't have another option. There's not a service for you to try out other games in. Um, there's not other ways for you to jump into other games. That's not, that's not an issue. Now, if you only want to play Halo, you have a personal problem. And I, nor the devs, can fix that. Again, the biggest reason I bring this up is because we as gamers do forget the human element of gaming we're looking at a screen we're enjoying these virtual worlds whatever the case may be anytime that i watch an interview about any game it gets me to understand a completely different side of gaming that i would have never known about because these people don't have to come out and say anything they don't have to say yeah these are behind the scenes what we're kind of go through and there's been plenty of vid docs for halos but then vid docs for any game that you that you like but understanding that there are actual people working on this and they are passionate about it and they're trying to get it done and they're working hard too, just like you work hard every day at your personal job, making sure to have food on your table. They're doing the same thing. Like there's just, for me, there's a fine line between being, I guess, grateful for what you have and then also understanding that you are being selfish. And that's kind of this line that I'm at personally with Halo. Um, again, I'm expecting great things out of this. Um, they're se seemingly hitting on the right, going towards the right path um, with this update. Uh, just to touch on some of the things that they had in here. Again, this is brought to you by Polygon. Um, as you guys can see in this article, um, Halo Infinite Season 2 launches in early May. Again, it's going to be called Lone Wolves. It's going to add a new battle pass system, new maps, additional modes. Excuse me. Um, also, um, you're going to be able to get a thousand credits through the season pass now. That's a welcome update that wasn't there before. Uh, a lot of people were saying, hey, well, what's up with this armor? How, am I going to have to buy this armor that you're seeing here? Um, the devils already came out and said the armor that you're seeing is 100% earnable through the, through the season pass. We'll find out whether that's true or not. Again, we hold their feet to the fire, depending on what they do. So that's dope to hear. Um, they're also looking at more um, core cross customization options. Um, also looking at the matchmaking side of things, making sure they upgrade that. There's supposed to be a lot of improvements coming in. Um, so again, it's something to be excited about. 
Pong passes off to you real quick. Casual Halo fan, again, coming off the Halo show. Now hearing about the Halo Infinite update that came out this week um, from that team at 343. Uh, how are you feeling about Halo at this point? Are you kind of in agreement with me where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's other things to play. Again, you're not the biggest one um, for this, so it's not like you're running to it all the time anyway. But um, does this at least give you some credence that they are working on it doesn't make you worry more like what do you think yeah no uh talked about this on xbox ultimate last night look uh for me the big thing is obviously co-op i'm looking to jump back into halo infinite when co-op hits so that's what's exciting for me but just overall in general right all the all the discourse that we saw uh, over these past months with what's been happening with Halo Infinite. Yes, we know the numbers do tell a story that people have jumped off of Halo Infinite. Now, right. is it a dead game? No, of course it's not a dead game. This is Halo, for God's sakes, okay? Halo will live on, right? And all 343 has to do, and this is what I'm hoping is starting with Season 2, all 343 has to do is get to a point where they can be crystal clear with their roadmap, where they can give the community the updates that are necessary when you have a games as a service. Again, games as a service are no longer a new thing. Right. Okay. They're not, this has been, we have too many examples, both failures and both successes over the past five to 10 years of games as a service now, where right. a team like 343, a veteran team like 343, can get to the point where they can get out those updates that keep the community happy that they, again, that's the biggest thing. That's been the biggest problem that you, like you just touched on steel is the communication aspect that can't happen when you're putting this type of game out nowadays. Like right. there's just too many other things that people can go and do when it comes to gaming, there's too many other options. There's too much content out there. You can't have a games as a service and not tell your fans what the heck is going on, what they can expect to see right. and what that time frame looks like before they're going to say, you know what? Let me know when you guys are ready. I'm going to go over here and play something else. Right. That's exactly what happens nowadays. But Halo, while it has unfair expectations attached to it, and we've touched on those plenty steel there, the Halo as a game has these expectations from not only its own fans, but people outside of it that aren't get put on any other game because right. it is Halo, right? right? We understand that. But they also, because it's Halo, do get to get away with certain things for a while. Yep. And the and people will still come back to it when it's fixed, okay? And that's what's happening here. I just want 3043, and I'm hoping with Season 2, from here on out, that they are in a good spot now, that they have caught up and are fixing all the issues that needed to be fixed. Some expected, some unexpected, right? The big team battle, Matt brought right. it up last night, the big team battle problems. Right. Look, they did not see that coming. Big team battle was running it was it very was running well. fine. Yeah. yeah, it was running great. And all of a sudden, blam, they got it smacked across the face. And all of a sudden, there's all these issues popping up with big team battle that they obviously had to make priority number one to fix. But some things were self-created too. But I think they're just getting to that spot where they can sit down and say, okay, okay, we've got it all under control now. Right. Got the fixes in place that we needed to make. 
We know where we're going with this. We've got the next year's worth of content planned out. We've got season two ready to rock and roll. Lone Wolves, it's looking great. Look, Steele, the minute you saw the teaser trailer drop, look, yeah, guess people, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people were excited, right? All of, uh, everybody came out of the woodwork going, oh, 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 look at this armor. Look at this armor. Are we going right. to get this? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's the hint at some type of battle royale mode. Yeah. Uh, with season two, which is going to be very interesting to say the least, to see how they're going to handle that, what they're going to kind of make their own twist on it, uh, you know, and see maybe that's the mode that does take off after all the conversations we had, whether or not a Halo needs a battle royale mode. Maybe mm-hmm. this will be the first one that hits. Meanwhile, on the back end, they got to get cooperated rock and roll, which they said is going to happen sometime during season two. Hopefully that stays on track. Forge has been pushed to season three. I personally, again, this is from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. personally think Forge gets pushed to 2023. Um, I think they're trying to do something very major with Forge here. Yeah. And I think with all the I other problems, with all the other problems that they've kind of had with the co-op issues, and we know that it's probably the the memory allocation from the Xbox One that's giving the programming on the back end problems probably. with the co-op. Um, look. They need to make that priority, get the co-op out, get it right, get it set and rock and roll. Forge is very important, and I'm still very disappointed. Yeah. Again, I'm not a Forge guy by any stretch of imagination, no, but even as a community. Ca- right, it's a community-driven mode, but even as a casual Halo guy, I know how many different experiences Forge has brought to the community, and it's a great, uh, you know, what it does is it fills a lot of the gaps while three, four, three is working on other things. It yeah. fills gaps because people are putting out new content that keeps it fresh for you, basically for free. The community is yep. doing work for three, four, three. So I wish they would have had that ready sooner than later, but unfortunately I do think they're trying to make it this grand experience for people. So I do think it's going to get pushed to 2023, I agree. but we're talking about season two lone wolves. Look, it looks exciting. It looks like they are getting back to the basics. Um, they also talked about steel that a lot of the customization, the armor customization that they showed us before launch that mm-hmm. people were pointing to saying, you told us you were going to, we were going to be able to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And none of that's here. Like all that customization right. is not in here. Right. They locked, uh, you know, a lot of the different colors to certain armor schemes, all that kind of stuff. It sounds like in, season two they're going to open that stuff up and you're going to be able to customize your armor which again people go who cares about customizing armor look the halo community cares about customizing armor let me tell you you got to be got to be looking good just look at steel right steel is one of those guys right you got to be looking good when you go on that battlefield you got to be looking unique you got to have your stamp on your character when you're on that battlefield whether you think so or not there's a lot of people who do. So they're finally going to bring that into it as well. And like you said, Steele, they're updating the battle pass. They've heard the feedback yeah. and it sounds like they're making the changes. Like you so- talked about the thousand credits. Look, whether we can talk about whether or not that's enough, but that's something that call of duty started long ago in their yeah. battle passes. And everybody praised because if you're not going to buy anything else, if you're one of those players who could care less about skins, care less about new armor pieces, all that stuff, right. and you don't buy anything else. You can work your way through the battle pass and, get and earn. Yeah. You can earn your right to buy the next battle pass, right? You got yep. enough credits to buy the next battle pass. That's what call of duty did. Fantastic. A lot of people jumped into call of duty battle pass because of that fact, yep. it gives you value. 
right? And they've heard that feedback. We saw it before, you know, uh, a couple months ago when they changed up the pricing points on a lot of the cosmetics that mm-hmm. everybody was really going, look, it's way too much, okay? $20 for armor is way too much. Look, they changed that. Now they're changing the battle pass. They're bringing it more in line. Uh, Paul Tassi also wrote an article this morning as well for Forbes. Love what Paul does over there. He does good stuff, but he just yeah. launched it like 15, 20 minutes ago. Talking, confirming uh, kind of what you were talking about from Polygon, that all the armor in there, whether it's the free-to-play battle pass or the premium battle pass, a combination of those two, all the armor shown in that trailer, except for one thing, is what Paul Tassi said. We don't know what that one thing is, but they have confirmed that you're going to be able to earn all that armor, except for one piece, supposedly. I don't know what it is. He doesn't know what it is. You're going to be able to earn it between the free battle pass and the premium battle pass. So if you're into that and you want all of that, they, they did a great job with that trailer because then that's exactly how you set expectations, right? That's the perfect way to do it. You show off a teaser trailer, get everybody excited, and then come out and say, oh, by the way, everything in there that you saw, you can earn, right? right. Whether it's through the free or whether it's through the premium, you can earn that stuff. That's awesome. Don't throw stuff in there and then have to come out and say, yeah, that, that awesome freaking helmet that you saw in there. Yeah. going to pay $10 for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's not what you want to do. Right. So um, just love where they're going steel. And I think again, the most important thing is, is that it get to a point where this is consistent now and the communication is upfront and they can come out and clearly state exactly what they're going to do when they're going to get it done That's what's important to a community that's just hungry, hungry. A lot of this discourse, a lot of this negativity over Halo Infinite isn't that the game is bad. It's that people want more. They just want more of it. And they want to get more out of their experience in Halo Infinite. And I think 343 is finally getting to that spot. So I'm excited for them. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm right there with you again. um, We'll see what ends up coming out of it. It's, a, it's going to be a community-driven game, um, and I'm right there with you. Um, I am leaning more towards Forge possibly coming out towards the end of the year while on that one-year mark um, for Halo. I would really love to so. see that. I think that would really like blow it above the water. Also, that would probably be around this time of season three. If this at this point, because I, I know they weren't wanting to do three-month season pass, um, as is, I should say. At this point, if they put this out, I believe what was that? May that they said they were going to do that, so yeah, that put 3rd. us back into August. So, yeah, by the time the third season pass comes around, if it if it comes a, comes out on point, November would be that time. Um, boom, right there, you drop Forge right there in the opening of the season uh, season pass number three. Um, and you can hit the ball running. I mean, boom, and you got everything going where it's exactly where it needs to go. Um. And again, I, I just once Forge gets involved, especially if they hit on all the notes that they've kind of already mentioned in the past, uh, with how expensive it's supposed to be, how it's going to be much different than ever before. Gonna have full control over map building and everything else, and uh, like literally creating your own map layouts. I mean, you were able to do a lot of those things before, uh, but it, supposedly it's going to be a lot more in depth than that than ever before. Um, yeah, it's going to give 343 plenty of opportunity to add in all the customization, um, all the you know specific maps, even pulling from the community to pull in great things. Again, it works so well for teams like Bethesda when the community gets involved. Um, I, th- I think it's going to do wonders for Halo. It always has. Um, again, Master Chief Collection, it's still getting updates. I, I feel some kind of way about that because it's like, all right, what are y'all doing? You release Halo Infinite. 
enough of MCC. Like, goddamn, you're not ever going to release <laughs> Halo Five. <laughs> like, just call it, call it, call it. It is. You're done with it. We need the only to get thing Halo I, right. But the only thing I like to see Steel is them do um, some kind of tie-in with the Halo TV show. It doesn't have to be yeah. big because it's not canon, and I get that. It doesn't have to be big, but tie in something during season two to that Halo uh, TV show. I think that would be fantastic. I think it's kind of a missed opportunity that they're not doing more, like that they right. didn't have something ready, side even small, even small, right? Even something little, just to drop it in there and say, hey, like, Halo TV show uh, is out. Right. Enjoy this armor or enjoy whatever the skin yeah. for the vehicle, whatever. Uh, in Halo Infinite, I think that was a missed opportunity because you want to back that up, but they could do that right away out of the gates in season three. I hope they do have something planned for that because I think that that's what you want to do. That's the whole point of doing a TV show like that. Yeah, well. right. And then cross advertising by the second yep. season. You know what I'm saying? They might yep. have something for that. You know what I'm saying? There's no telling when that is going to come out again. It's already been approved. So, but uh, it's just so many different directions where this can end up going. Uh, I think three, four, three time is spot on because of Elden Ring. Yeah. I mean, again, Mind share is always such a big thing. As long as you can keep that conversation going, I mean, you're not doing bad. So, uh, and again, you can just throw a name around like Halo, and you're good to go. Um. All right. So another thing that I, I kind of wanted to jump into, and this could be a quick conversation, uh, was definitely because we kind of touched a little bit. We were talking about Game Pass earlier. Um, then we kind of went into Halo, which is also on Game Pass. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to get into was Guardians of the Galaxy Dev says it's finding new audience after a slow start. What I love right now is that people, especially with Game Pass, are playing it. So developer uh, developed by Eidos, Adios Montreal, excuse me. Uh, the single player action adventure game was released on October 2021 for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox console. Um, I'm pulling this article from BGC Video Games Chronicle. Shout out to them. Um, again, let me see if I can get that up on screen for you guys. There you go. Um, so you guys can see the title. Again, I, I like to try to keep our article so you know where we're pulling this information from. But um, he go, they go on to say, despite receiving highly positive reviews, it undershot publisher Square Enix sales expectations at loss at launch, according to President Yosuke Matsuda. Um, and again, Square Enix says none of their games can ever do right. So whatever. Um, <laughs> however, he also said in February that sales initiatives kicked off in late 2021 have resulted in growth, and the title has since attracted many more players after joining Xbox Game Pass in March, according to Adios Montreal. Sen senior native uh, narrative director Mary DeMarley told Eurogamer, for me, it's all about uh, creating the game. What I love right now is that people, especially with Game Pass, are playing it and they're sharing the experience. We make games to touch people. We make games to hit an audience. And it's great that it's finding its audience and it's great that it keeps going forward. Guardians of the Galaxy Senior Creative Director John Frank Shua Dugas, that's probably not how you say his name, but I'm going to say it like that because it sounds great. Also told the site, it's like anything. We always want to sell trillions, but it's not necessarily as easy as that. Man, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this, uh, have this conversation, is part of this right here, ladies and gentlemen. It's like anything. We always want to sell trillions, but it's not always necessarily as easy as that. Wow. We've heard that a lot recently, haven't we? Uh, 
Well, uh, he added, but it's a great ride. And it's something this year or last year that you played that is unlike everything else. And it's worth spending your time on. I honestly think it is from a game standpoint. I have no regrets. We did everything we could, but that's the reality of the market. And let's not forget, it's a new IP. Even though we say all Guardians of the Galaxy are known, it's still a new IP in the video game market. It could be a lot of people don't even know that the game is out yet, or they're not sure exactly what it is. Um, hey, and adios Montreal. If y'all ever listen to this, I highly doubt that you are. But if you ever do listen to this, I want you to know that it's a lot deeper than that. Uh, on one hand, it's your publisher downplaying your game, saying it's making it seem like it's not as good. Second hand is I don't know who was working on your marketing, but people have a bad taste of uh, Square Enix and Avengers. So when another Marvel game comes out from the same publisher, people are going to look at the game twice and say, ah, eh, nah, I'm, I'm not good. I'm good. I'm not going to do that. Now, you are going to have your people like me who are Marvel stands are, are interested in those games. And I said from day one, again, another game that I said from day one, damn, I have some interest in that game. Um, again, the combat looked kind of dry. I was like, oh, I think I'm into it, though. In another game that I bought day one and thoroughly loved and enjoyed. That was some of the greatest gameplay for a Guardians game, especially story-wise, that I've ever experienced. Again, I feel like the game is better than the movies. At least the first one. At least his first game. There's a couple movies. To me personally. Um, I'm, and I'm always about that Guardians life. If it's, a, it's, a, if it's still a game pass, check it out immediately. Um, again, it's worth trying 100%. It's a game that was $60 that I feel like people should try for sure. Um, but again... One of the main reasons I brought that up, because we are hearing that more and more recently, is that we want to be able to get games out to more people. Waiting five years for millions or for 20 million people to experience a game is not sustainable. It's not doable. It's not. It doesn't make any financial sense anymore. You want to get as many people eyes on that game as possible. And like they even stated in this article, you of course you want trillions of people to experience the game billions of people to experience your game though maybe it's the game maybe it's the marketing maybe it's the publisher but um everything is not going to sell and a service like game pass of course is going to cause uh more traction to come in to your ip especially as a new ip because people see it as a risk-free option even though they're paying 15 bucks a month, it's not 10 to 15 bucks a month. It's not free. It's just a risk-free option because it's part of your subscription. Pong, what it passes off to you, again, touches on a lot of the notes that we talk here all the time with, with just reaching that. We want to get to that 3 billion gamer mark. We would love to reach more people than that. Shucks, we're on the road to 1,000 right now, right? But hearing those same notes kind of be touched on again in an article like this, um, in relation to Game Pass, um, how do you how do you feel about this thing? Does it is it doing good things for Adios Montreal? Is it kind of speak more onto Square Enix just kind of being out of touch? Um, mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. Game Pass really doing all the things that we continuously clamor it to do? What do you think, man? How are you feeling about this? Yeah, they're not going after billions, still. They said trillions. They that's a new trillions. one, actually. That's a whole trillions. nother level right there. I uh, know. Look. Um, 
This is interesting. Uh, this is very interesting because we've had a couple of examples from Square Enix here. Square Enix has a problem. Okay. Yeah, Square Enix. They have, they, have they, they, they they have more than they have more than a couple problems, at least from the outside. Again, who am I? Right? I, who am I? I don't. I'm not a CEO. I don't run million dollar, billion dollar companies. But as an armchair CEO looking at Square Enix, they they definitely have some issues right. uh, in a couple of different realms. Everybody knows that they're on my list for not putting games on uh, other platforms. At times, again, uh, why Final Fantasy Remake is still not on Xbox is absolutely uh, shocking to me at this point. But this is uh, their status quo. But when it comes to their Western developing teams, and this is Crystal Dynamics and Eidos, Eidos, uh, specifically, they really do have an issue. This seems to be the redheaded stepchild syndrome. This is like, hey, we acquired these dev teams, but we really don't like these dev teams. Like it's like, it's very weird to me how square Enix is handling both of those squads. Now we already know the whole crystal dynamics thing. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit here as well, because they just announced tomb Raider. Um, But they rented them out to Microsoft and Xbox to help the initiative with uh, of course. uh, Oh God. Perfect dark. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it just popped in my head. I was thinking myself because my little voice said perfect dark. Oh, that's right. Um, but with Idos Montreal, you've got a team here that put out a absolutely, you know, according to many people, the reviews were good. Were they stupendous? No, there was a lot of eights, sevens in there, whatever else. But overall, the critics liked the game. But then the game launched. And the community got a hold of it. And all of a sudden, you know, for those of you like you, Steel, that bought it early on Mm -hmm. and played it, they were all over my Twitter feed were people going, God, you guys got to check out Guardians of the Galaxy. There were people coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, this is actually game of the year quality type stuff. But for the most part, the overall feel was this team put together, especially from a writing standpoint and a production value standpoint, a game that rivaled the movies, like you just said, Steel. Like right. the humor, all of it was there, was absolutely A-plus Hollywood quality in this title. And it was kind of strange, because then you had Square Enix come out, as they always do when it comes to their Western development teams, and say, oh, yeah, but the sales, the sales just weren't up to expectation. We're disappointed in sales. They throw these dev teams under the bus all the time. So Guardians of the Galaxy fell into this weird kind of spot. Right. And for me, again, not a big superhero fan anymore, right? Again, until they fix my X-Men, don't come talk to me. But not a big superhero fan, not a big fan of superhero games in general, whatever the case may be. So I wasn't going to pick this up day one budget gamer. This isn't one of those I was going to make. Again, I know who I am as a gamer, right? I'm a grazer, but if something falls in the game pass, I'm going to try it out, right? That's how I work. Again, it's not because everybody else is telling me that I have to try it out because if it drops in the game pass, I want to see for myself what's going on with this game. Right. And I had heard, obviously, you telling me the writing was great. So cool. That's a bonus. That's a bonus. Mm -hmm. So I just think that Square Enix did no favors to Eidos Montreal in their marketing of this game. Every time they showed it off, it was like people came away like, meh, like, really? Like, okay, kind of looks pretty, but what is it? 
you know, as we talked about in Xbox Ultimate last night, a lot of people had the understanding that this was going to be a co-op game. Then they had to come out and clarify, no, this is a single player experience yeah. because of how they showed it off. Mm-hmm. Right. There was all this confusion about what this game was every time, even though they showed it a lot. We got a 20, 20 minute gameplay presentation yeah. out of this thing. And people still were like, what is this game? Uh, it looks yeah. okay, but is it something I really want to jump into? I don't know. They did it no favors. And I think that this went back. This goes back to Square Enix does not know how to market Western games. Western audiences have a different expectation when it comes to what you're going to show me to get excited about a game. Right. They've got their final fantasies, yep. right? They, 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 they've got their dragon warriors. They got all the dragon quest. Now dragon warriors back right. in NES days. <laughs> I'm going way back. Way back yeah. Uh, yeah. Way back dragon quest games, right. That they can put out anything. Like right. I said, last night, you could, you could show somebody the UI and they're going to get excited because it's final fantasy or it's dragon quest or whatever right. the case may be. They're used to that Eastern style marketing. The Western style, you gotta, you gotta splash. You gotta tell people in the West, hey, why should I play this game over the thousands of other games out? Why, even with Marvel attached to it, even with Guardians of the Galaxy attached to it, right? And we just saw yeah. them fail with Avengers, right? In Crystal Dynamics, you have to really sell it, and they didn't do that at all. We saw this with Outriders as well, Steel, yep. right? You didn't do this well because you didn't show off what the game really is about. Like I said last night, had they come out, right? And had they turn had they come out and showed the opening scene when he first wakes up, when Star Lord first comes to present day. I'm not talking about the whole kid scene and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm not going to give away spoilers if you haven't played it. It looks good, bro. Yeah, it looks great. But had they showed it when he first is on the ship. Right. And he's looking in the mirror and turn up the radio was playing yep. with the 80s music. And then he goes and interact. You can interact with all the crew members and get some dialogue going. Yep. Right. Had they done that to open their marketing up, bro, you would have sold the game to so many more people. The song, the music alone, along with the humor interactions, how the characters are written, the acting that you are getting, the top-notch Hollywood-style acting that you're getting out of this game, had they shown that off as just a smart, a small beginning and then gone into the combat and showed off some of the advanced combat that you can do in this game and the interactions in between, that would have sold this game so much more than how they just showed some of the blandness of what they did, right? Right. So... To bring it all back around to Game Pass, right? So you got Guardians of the Galaxy in a weird spot. Square Enix cuts another deal with Xbox. Okay. Mm-hmm. They aren't they aren't happy with the sale. So they run to Xbox to get the money bag, right? Which is fine. It's business. Okay. Again, my personal opinion is they use their Western devs to feed their Eastern devs. They yeah. use the Western devs money that they make off of those games to supply you know, the, 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 the final fantasy teams, the dragon quest games uh, teams with funds. And I think that's why we always see them there say they're disappointed because there's not enough money. Cause at the end of the day for as popular as the final fantasies are as popular as dragon quests are, they don't sell 20 million copies, 25 million. Co- they don't nope. sell those type of numbers. So I think they're using these teams to feed them. But you get into this weird spot, so Square Enix has to go cut another deal to bring it to Game Pass. 
But for the devs, you could see how excited they were in this interview that this game, once it dropped into Game Pass, that Game Pass effect took hold. All those people on the fence with Guardians of the Galaxy, all the people like me who would not have necessarily budgeted this game in to go purchase until it was in a deep sale, could jump in. And all of a sudden, the hype started up again about Guardians of the Galaxy. People were posting clips. People were posting pictures again. That, as a dev, like they said, you want to reach, well, quote unquote, them, trillions of people, but you want to reach the most people possible. And Game Pass is another vehicle that we've seen time and time again work. We've seen it obviously more so on the multiplayer co-op side of things, because obviously it just fits it. We were just talking about one Godfall that obviously would could really find a home in Game Pass. But they didn't do that. They discounted it heavily and they launched it. But we've seen games like Extraction, Rainbow Six Extraction. We've personally done that. We've seen games like Outriders, Get Life. Outriders could have been the next big IP. It could have been one of the new IPs that people were talking about. So you and I firmly believe that. Talk about another game where people call it a dead game. People panned it for being in Game Pass. It didn't get the greatest reviews. But when you and I were playing it, the core gameplay, much like Anthem, it's super, man. It's super. good. The devs screwed up, right? The devs screwed up. They did fix the wrong things. They nerfed things. They didn't do what they needed to do. But Outriders right. is another great example because it 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 got life for over a month and people kept coming back to it and trying, saying, please fix this game and we will come back and play. I promise because it's in Game Pass. People were loving it, but they just waited too long. They fixed the wrong things and it died because people move on. But with Guardians of the Galaxy as a single-player experience, people could jump in. People who were on the fence, people who may not have put that money up front, and people loved it. People found out all the praise that was being hyped on it actually was there, and it was it was actually real. And I think from a dev standpoint, that is such a great thing that there is something like Game Pass, because like I said, if we were pre-Game Pass days and there was no service for something like this to happen in where a game can get a second life or a game can get a boost or it can all of a sudden get the notoriety that it deserves because more people are trying it and more people are engaging with it. Mm-hmm. We're back in those days. Guardian of the Galaxy would have been one of those bargain bins that a small group of people talked about, and it would have been a cult classic where people said, man, if you didn't play Guardians of the Galaxy, you missed out because nobody else would have been able to, or nobody else would have jumped into it. It would have been disappeared. It would have been forgotten about. It would have been in that bargain bin. And we would have been talking about potentially back in the day, if we weren't in the golden age of gaming now, if we weren't where we're at now, we would have been talking about, man, is Square Enix going to fold up Eidos? Is Square Enix going to close them down? Is Square Enix going to, you know, what are they going to do? Are we ever going to see another Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, you know, all that kind of talk. Are they going to sell them off? You know, right. what's going to happen? That's what used to happen back in the day. But Game Pass being one of the new vehicles as a part of everything that we're experiencing now as gamers is changing that. Where a, where a publisher like Square Enix can take a game that they claim is underperforming and go to Microsoft and Xbox and say, hey, what will it take? You know, what will you give us? We'll put, we'll put Guardians of the Galaxy in there. What are you going to give us? And Microsoft goes, heck, yeah, that game had a lot of talk in our community when it was just only available for purchase. Yeah, we're going to drop it into Game Pass for sure. Here's a bag of money. Drop it in there. It's going to be good for us. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for the devs. It's going to be good for the gamers. It's a win, 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 win all the way around. 
that's the type of game and that's the type of examples that we are now seeing with Game Pass. And I'm just happy that the devs could come out and like you read off their steal for them to specifically point to Game Pass. Man, that's great because yeah. that shows you again all the negative talk that we hear from the circus and the clowns about Game Pass and about how it's no good for the devs. Come on, man. You got devs flat out being happy that their game is being played by X amount more people now that it's dropped into Game Pass. It gives them new life. They're already, you know, they kind of hinted they were kind of being sly about it because they were right. asked about the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But that might not even be possible if it wasn't for something like Game Pass doing what it's done, obviously, for them. And so for that, that's what I'm happy about. Not just me as a gamer and I get to play the game in Game Pass, but for the devs, too, who put so much time and effort, blood, sweat and tears into this game and had their own publisher come out and throw them underneath the bus, had their boss come out, throw them underneath the bus and say, it was disappointing. Look, now they can turn around and say, well, guess what? You put in Game Pass, now it's doing really well. Can we do Guardians of the Galaxy 2, please? Yeah, exactly. Can we, can we go ahead and do that, please? Because we really like the story. We really like these characters. We did an awesome job with it. Can we go ahead and get that done? That gives them more power, too, with the powers that be. And hopefully, hopefully, if Square Enix continues to do this to the Western devs, hopefully that's a sign steal that they're going to just sell them off to somebody who will appreciate the talent that is there at those studios. Because obviously again, from the outside looking in for what, from what they did to the outrider devs to what they've done to crystal dynamics to now their comments about guardians of the galaxy and Eidos, uh, Eidos Montreal, they don't appreciate what they have. No. They really don't. And I want them, those people to be under a boss who appreciates them. And we know that there's certainly greener pastures underneath one umbrella yeah. uh, and over at Xbox that would appreciate what those devs bring to the table. So that's what I'm hoping for, but I'm just happy that it did drop in the game pass and they've seen the success that they have. That's important at the end of the day. No, hundred percent. And I agree with you, man. I mean, it's part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because it's just like, obviously it's working i mean is it going to work for everything no because people are still very picky as gamers we all are right um again just because you put a single player game in there whatever the case might be is it going to get me to invest um is it may not even get me to play the whole entire game but at least i can try it and i can find out whether i like it and a lot of people are seemingly finding that this is a much better game than avengers were which is the biggest fear people had Oh, I just I just played Avengers and it wasn't that great. Why would I buy this? It's another Marvel game. Expecting the same thing and it wasn't it was it was everything Avengers should have been. 100%. If Avengers wasn't a service based game, I think what they did with uh Guardians of the Galaxy is what Avengers could have been. Actually, it could have been a lot better. But again, when you constantly when you're constantly downplaying your dev team, uh, like you said, Pong, that's exactly how they're being treated. Like the ugly stepchild, um, like they're just a cash cow. And honestly, you, it's hard to say that oh they're the cash cow because at the same time, <laughs> you're saying they're not doing well enough. Like it just doesn't—it just doesn't it, make it, sense. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And then you—and then you want those people to still work for you, which is yeah. why that whole crystal <laughs> dynamic situation sounds really off, and there has to be something else going down there because that is just too much talent. Again, 
Adios Montreal is dropping the games in the game passing and more success than they were previously. And now Crystal D, another one that was directly under you, which also supplies your Western market, is seemingly not only teaming up with Xbox to work on Perfect Dark, but now segue getting ready to work on tomb raider and unreal engine 5 after it was reported that you turned down two other projects that were pitched to you by crystal dynamics and that's why you rented them out to perfect dark yeah we'll never know full stories yeah but we can assume that some of that smoke is real. Yeah. Crystal Dynamics is too talented, like you said, Steel, too big of a track record to sit there and turn down two other projects pitched to you after what you probably consider a complete failure in Marvel's Avengers. But you tried to take this this uh, square, or you tried, to pound, you tried to put a round peg into a square hole when you've forced Crystal Dynamics to do this. Uh, obviously, microtransaction-laden game in yeah. marvel's avengers a completely different style of game than they are used to making and you try to force them into that and then you go ahead and blame the failure on them and then you turn around and turn down two other projects from them rent them out to xbox and now all of a sudden out of the blue like you said steel they're switching over they're taking going away from their awesome game engine that produced amazing visuals that still hold up to this day in tomb raider trilogy and you're gonna say all of a sudden they're working on unreal engine 5 Really? Really? That's what's going to happen here? Seems a little odd, Steel. Seems Not, a little to odd. To me, it's, it seems super odd. It's, it sounds to me like something else. There's something else in play, which, again, perfect segue going into this whole Unreal Engine 5 conversation. Um, Crystal Dynamics announced that the next Tomb Raider is going to be built in Unreal Engine 5. And we also saw uh, an Unreal Engine 5 demo. Um, and I actually want to see if I can get that pulled up here. Give me a second um, before I pull up that article um because I, I do feel like this is going to be something interesting to pull up um i might i think it might be actually in the this unreal article, showcase so. was so amazing anybody yes. who hasn't watched it yet even if you're not into that dev side of things i'm not right i'm not a dev i again that showcase was so well done i had a complete blast watching it and now like i said there i will talk about it a little bit but even me as somebody who has not programmed since the apple 2e i was looking at this presentation going Damn, I probably could jump into Unreal Engine 5 and create something. Like, that's how easy it is getting, at least it looks. And I know it's much more complicated than that. I'm not saying that. But Unreal is doing a great job uh, in making the accessibility so open for everybody to jump in and start yeah. game designing. Again, the presentation was amazing to watch. I really did get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And if you, if you have the time, go watch it because it is really good. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, the EVD presentation was off the chain. Um, one of the main key takeaway points is if you have questions about what the potential of Unreal is, uh, maybe go back to Unreal Tournament. Maybe go a little bit back, or you want to go a little bit closer. Uh, look at Gears. Gears historically has never been a bad looking game. Um, even today with all the updates, um, cause it is frame boosted, uh, and does have the res boost, I believe on Xbox series consoles. Um, even today, like you go back to those games, Unreal holds up really well. You want another example? Isn't Mass Effect in Unreal also? Yeah. Mass Effect 1's Unreal 3, I think. And they Look how touch. well Legendary Edition holds up for the unreal engine and then you go into unreal 5 
Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to see if I can. Oh, Hive Busters, video. too. Just download Hive Busters. Hive oh, Busters. Do, download Hive Busters. Hive Busters is, is the best example, God. 100%. My God. Um, they're like, honestly, there's no better example than than that. Damn, that was, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, 100%. Even Hive Busters. You use Hive Busters as a good example of the potential of what Unreal 5 can do, then, good Lord, are we in for a ride? To hear that Tomb Raider is going to be, again, coming out of the engine that they were using. Um, I heard 3-Bit bring up this point when y'all were had, when y'all had him on uh, this week. Say that they have a dev team come over from an engine that they built multiple games on. Again, it's not like they're doing a whole new brand new IP. This is an IP they've worked on before. So to go for the studio to say, huh, yeah, we're not going to use that engine that we use to make. How many games did they use with that? Three? Two, oh, I yeah. think Crystal D did specifically Crystal Dynamics. I think yeah. two because the last two, one was done and by then Eidos. Yeah, and they, Eidos. they partner with Eidos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I uh, so again three games. So they they've worked on three games with the same engine, pretty much. Um, and then now you say, oh no, we're just going to use a different engine now. For what? Why? That, that's what the first question that you ask yourself. And then the second question that you ask yourself is part of the reason why I brought up Gears and everything. Who has used Gears? I mean, who has used Unreal more than anybody else in the industry? Microsoft? Yeah, they put up a screenshot during the presentation. There's, what, eight studios? Yeah. And I think Box Unreal. Boxenberger said there's like 14 teams total using Unreal within Xbox. Xbox has always been the Microsoft has always been the biggest proponent of Unreal. I mean, essentially, when it first came out, the re- biggest reason why Unreal is as big as it is, be sure you say PC, but the other reason too is because of what it's done on console. It's blatant, it's, it's obviously blatant that the engine just works and it's only gotten better over iterations unreal engine 5 has seemingly and again i'm not going to make this super technical and everything like that i'm not the most technical person anyway but um unreal engine 5 has seemingly taken the development of games and made it more streamlined um especially for people who are newer um and so it tells me that again the biggest reason I say why well, I feel like the whole thing with Crystal Dynamics, Adios, um, there's something bigger there is because you don't make an announcement like this while you're working under the people who mainly use Unreal, have teams that actively work on Unreal, who have way more, I guess, interaction with the system than you do. And you turn around and make an announcement and said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do Tomb Raider and Unreal now." For what? That doesn't raise any eyebrows to anybody else. The other game, go back and play the other Tomb Raider games. They play great. They look fantastic. They have held up. Those are some damn good looking games. What made you want to go to Unreal all of a sudden now? I can tell you why. Is that there's a bigger partnership in play. There's something else they saw. There's either there's either that and also there's probably something else within the engine that they've seen that they felt that they could take advantage of. And maybe some people at while they're teaming up with Xbox creating Perfect Dark, they might have sat in on another meeting, maybe saw Coalition's demonstration of what they're currently working on in Unreal. Because let's face it, 
They're the masters of Unreal right now. All the people that were working on with Epic to create Gears are part of what used to be Black Tusk Studios are now at the Coalition who mainly work on Gears. They're working on the other side. They're working on the side project before they release Gear Six, and I can guarantee you they probably got some good, decent designs for Gear Six in place too in Unreal Five. And if that recent presentation again, Def, please go watch it. You don't have to be technical to understand graphics or to understand if something looks good to you, or to understand the depth or uh, to get the presentation that they got um in the way that they displayed it you don't have to be technical to understand those things or just to use your eyeballs you don't it's just it tells me that there's a bigger picture and i actually want to go into this article um i'm not gonna pull the the video up i'll let people watch out on the back end but um crystal dynamics announced that the next tomb raider is going to be built on unreal engine 5 so buried at the tail end of epic gate epic game state of unreal presentation was a new was the news that crystal dynamics is working on a new entry in the tomb raider series tomb raider originally launched on the playstation 1996 and it spawned numerous sequels uh go on to go on Dallas Dickinson, franchise director at Crystal Dynamics, used the announcement to tout the advantages of creating a game with Unreal Engine 5, saying this new engine translates into next-level storytelling and gameplay experiences. So the other engine couldn't do that? Or you saw something and were like, okay. If you go back and play the other Tomb Raider games, you see what they do with uh, destruction and the story and creating these uh, roller coaster moments, which you've also seen in Gears also. And they've actually been done really well. Uh, Crystal Dynamics wasn't the only studio gushing about Unreal Engine 5. Developers from Gears of War Maker, The Coalition, and The Witcher Studio, CD Projekt Red, talked about how UE5 makes their development process easier. Isn't the rumor right now that CD Projekt Red's next Witcher game is supposed to be an Unreal also? That is correct, sir. Mm. They are moving. They're moving over from the Red Engine. Mm. Yes. An engine that you've used for quite some time, you're going to use on UE5 too? Okay. That's not, in case you guys aren't start, don't see the picture that I'm trying to paint here, um, I have a feeling that, again... It's not like it's outside the norm. It's not like it's I'm making some huge guess or whatever here. But Unreal Engine is seemingly becoming like that proprietary main streamline engine to use for anybody, even for new creators. You see indie devs. If you scroll through to, uh, to YouTube, you'll find plenty of indie dev talent that are using Unreal Five and are like, "Dude, I'm I'm doing shit in here that I didn't even think was possible." Like it's like Pong said, it, it literally makes you feel. I mean, of course, you got to sit down, you got to learn the oh, systems. It's I'm, like it's like pulling up Photoshop for the first time. You don't yeah. know what the fuck you're doing, but I'm not gonna say that's that easy or whatever the case may be. But to somebody who makes games, for them to be for people to becoming big names, to be coming off of whatever engine that they were using previously, to be like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, we want to try this UE5 to see what we can do. I think it's speaking leaps and bounds without too much being said. You know who's next, Steel? Who? Battle, Battlefield. 
Bat, just yep. watch. Yep. Yo, <laughs> just watch. If Vince Zampella goes in there and really like, look, I think the next step for Battlefield is just we're gonna do you. We're gonna use UE five, uh, and yeah. and they make Battlefield look fucking. St- oh my god, yeah. that's what. Yeah, that, <laughs> and call it bad. The next bad company. Oh yeah, lord, yeah, bad company yeah. in the UE five engine. Oh lord, yeah. that that would bring a lot of attention back. A lot of hype back. There's so much, but and you, it's not like first person hasn't been done in Unreal. It has exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, again, that'd be funny to hear if that ends up coming out and they're like, "Oh, we're doing UE five two. Okay, yeah, there might be a new industry standard here. Um, I think Unreal that. I think Epic might have landed something here. It's not just Fortnite. <laughs> no, no, Unreal, Unreal's been, been doing this, right? Yeah, Unreal's been doing this for quite a while. Epic wants every game to be made, obviously, right. of, in Unreal. They're doing everything they can. To, to Unity's credit, too, Unity right. put, put out a new video as well yeah. that's very impressive uh, with a lady playing chess that looked yeah, really see that. freaking unbelievable. Uh, again, it's just, it goes back to that accessibility steal. Mm-hmm. These game engines are making it easier and easier, whether you're a AAA team or whether you're an indie team, to get into development. Yeah. That's the main thing about these engines, and it's an awesome thing to see, even from the big studios switching over, like you said, abandoning uh, some of their own engines to move to UE5. It's a big statement. It really is. But yeah, I mean, another thing to take into consideration, it's not like it's not like it's just a oh hey, uh, can we use it? They gotta pay for that. You're moving away from something that's already paid for. I mean, of course, there's back end tech shit that gotta be done, or whatever the case may be. But and you're going to a whole different place and saying, yo, Epic, let's use that Unreal real quick. And let me let's let's get this working. And then not only that, Epic is releasing it to the public. Yeah. I think we're we're about to see a huge, huge turnaround in gaming. Like, I know again, I'm I've made this reference before, I'm gonna keep saying it here. Moore's like people said that oh we've reached Moore's law they can't get any better games can't look any better they can't bro I I think that's about to get debunked if it hasn't already not only I just go it's the low times not only is it uh, the development of games but it's just the overall quality of games I think is is definitely going to get that ball raised so um, at least from what I'm noticing here recently uh, again. To hear Crystal D come out with this announcement, the biggest thing for me is just like, it just leads credence to what we've already talked about here previously, that and my, the biggest reason I bring this up is there is so much more of a bigger picture in play. There has to be a deal with Xbox and um, put it in motion or they're working on some, something. Because it's too convenient that now, not only, like I said in the beginning, are are you supporting the development of Project Dark, um, uh, Perfect Dark, excuse me, but then you're rolling straight into Tomb Raider and Unreal Engine? Where the main people who use Unreal work at? Where you have plenty of people that you can knock on their door and say, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't understand this. Can you help me out?" Where they're at, I don't know, man. Pong, what does this tell you? Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Is there, is there something? Maybe I'm just throwing rocks into the ocean of, of nothingness. But are, do you feel, do you feel that same thing? Is there something else possibly at play? Is there too many signs? 
pointing that there is a bigger deal in play. What do you think? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, we're getting in speculation town and my favorite place to be. Uh, it's just very interesting um, to say the least. Again, uh, overall Unreal Engine 5 presentation was absolutely out of this world. Uh, that little game that they created called Lyra, yeah. uh, which you can use as a basis for your own game. I mean, again, they're going to the extra step. Uh, Quixel, uh, for people who don't know, is what the is the latest and greatest in high de- uh, high res scanning of objects into the world. We've heard that name. I believe Playground used it uh, as well um, for Forza Horizon 5. Like Quixel's been around. I know the uh, Hellblade team is using it over at Ninja Theory. Quixel has been around, but Epic has gone the next step and they're going to create an app for your phone. Normally, you have to have this expensive equipment to do the scanning. They're creating an app that you can be able to do it off your phone. So if you're an indie dev and you need to scan an object like from your house, let's say a couch or a chair, you're going to be able to do it right from your phone. Like that's how easy they are making game development. And that's why you see like Steel was just talking about so many people, even big developers switching over to Unreal 5, including Crystal Dynamics and their announcement of the new Tomb Raider. What's very interesting, Steel here, connecting dots, all of a sudden you have Crystal Dynamics rented out to the initiative, mm-hmm. rented out to Xbox and Microsoft to work on Perfect Dark. We hear the stories about two projects uh, being, uh, you know, uh, again, proposed to Square Enix and Square Enix turning them down from Crystal Dynamics and saying, no, you're not going to work on anything. And then you got the rental situation. Okay, well, that's that's all strange in itself. And of course, we talked about it here, how great it would be for Xbox to save Crystal Dynamics and, and Eidos Montreal or Eidos, the entire Eidos from uh, Square Enix seemingly not respecting these teams at all. Right. But then all of a sudden for them to come out of the blue for all this has happened and say, well, no, actually we're making a new Tomb Raider game too. And it's going to be on Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, there's some dots here to be connected. And I've had my own speculation on this on what could have been the scenario. And again, it's just for fun. It's playing armchair CEO. It's being, just being looking back at the whole picture that RTS view, like steel, likes to talk about the satellite, looking at the big picture. You, you could see how this could all have worked out. This could have been an announcement that was actually planned during unreal five after we could have gotten, let's say a couple of weeks ago, an announcement that Xbox had acquired crystal dynamics. This is, Stay on Crystal yep. Dynamics. We'll keep Eidos out of it. Let's just say they purchased Eidos and they got the Tomb Raider IP or Crystal Dynamics, you should say, and they got the Tomb Raider IP. They could have announced that they had acquired Crystal Dynamics two weeks ago, right? And then all of a sudden the Unreal presentation comes along and all of a sudden you got this big, it was funny. And again, this is just, again, this is just tinfoil hat on. You had that big graphic that unreal that epic put up of all the studios that in underneath xbox that are currently using unreal 5 and then it was only a short period afterwards that that crystal dynamics presentation showed in there right that they showed up had they been able to make that announcement had the activision blizzard deal not been something that happened the activision blizzard deal again was out of the blue that happened we know now within a matter of two to three months which for that size of a deal does not happen. That was yeah. a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I believe Microsoft had a lot of other stuff already in the works for this year, right? They were already getting ready to announce a bunch of stuff. All that got put on pause 
for this Activision Blizzard deal, right? Because of the enormity, because of the bright lights now being shined on this by the FTC, by all the regulators, we've got senators out here talking, all the nonsense, right? right? They have to now be quiet. They're being very, very quiet. But I believe they had all this other stuff in the works that kind of had a pause put on as soon as Activision Blizzard came to play. So just take Activision Blizzard out of it. Let's say Microsoft was was just going forward with their plans as they thought they were going to be coming into 2023. I believe that it's possible. It's yeah. possible that Crystal Dynamics was one of those plays that they were going to announce this because how, again, going back to the Unreal presentation, you got that graphic of all the Xbox studios, right? Let's say two weeks prior, you had announced Crystal Dynamics as acquired, right? And then all of a sudden you got this Unreal presentation, they show that graphic and all of a sudden, Right after that graphic is, oh, by the way, we've got another surprise here. And all of a sudden, Crystal Dynamics comes on and says, hey, you know, we've just been acquired by Xbox, but we're here today to announce a brand new Tomb Raider game, and it's being made in Unreal 5, right? How perfect of that would have been, and it looked like it lined up that way. It's just that they, again, push pause, push pause, put a hold on that deal. Said, hey, we got to wait till Activision Blizzard's done. It just makes sense. There's another way to look at this as well, Steel. Yeah. When they went out and rented Crystal Dynamics, right, which never happens in this industry, or let's say it's pretty close to being unheard of a AAA studio with that much talent, with that track record being mm-hmm. rented out to somebody else by its owner, right? That does not happen, especially again, I will point out in this day and age of golden age of gaming, when talent is at its peak. As far as rarity goes, there are so many studios out there now, so many people making games that you can't find enough talent these days that U.S. Square Enix are going to say, yeah, we got nothing. We got nothing. Uh, Crystal Dynamics isn't working on anything. We can go ahead and rent them. That's fine. Go ahead and have them work on perfect art. That is not going to happen very often. Okay, if ever. And here we have them being rented out. What happens if part of that deal still, let's say Square isn't selling, let's say Square is not selling, but because of Daryl Gallagher, who is the head of the initiative and his, he used to run Crystal Dynamics, right. his relationship, all this happened. And they said, okay, yeah, we want them for Perfect Dark. What else you got them working on? And, Chris, and Square is like, yeah, no, we want to, again, Marvel's Avengers, they're still fixing that. They're still working on that. Uh, we're going to rent them out to you for Perfect Dark. We don't have anything lined up. And Phil's sitting there going, what about Tomb Raider? And Square's like, no, again, it underperformed. We came out and said it underperformed. We're right. not having Crystal Dynamics work on another Tomb Raider. But then Phil said, all right, let's change that. Let's change that. Let's make this a multi-game deal. They're going to come over and work on Perfect Dark. And then they're going to go ahead and start production on Tomb Raider. And we're going to go ahead and fund that baby. Because I love Tomb Raider. We know Phil loves Tomb Raider. He's come out and said he wishes that Xbox had its own Tomb Raider. We saw them cut the deal last gen for exclusivity on tomb raider and i know that's not phil's mo he doesn't like that boys because it's crystal dynamics because of daryl gallagher because of that relationship phil said guess what we're gonna go ahead we want a tomb raider we want a new tomb raider does crystal dynamics have you know obviously any ideas and of course right. dale gallagher epoxy was for he would know that they pitched it to square enix and Phil will say, okay, we're going to fund it. This is going to be a multi-game deal. They're going to come work on Perfect Dark, but they're also going to start Tomb Raider. Well, guess what? That would make total sense. And then to take advantage of current gen, maybe 
maybe the foundation engine, which is the engine that they use for Tomb Raider, hasn't been updated because Square Enix didn't put the resources to let them update it for current gen stuff, right? Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe they just didn't give them the okay to start working on that. So they said, you know what? To take advantage of current gen, because we're going to have it on the Xbox Series consoles only, go ahead and let's hop into Unreal Engine 5. And Crystal Dynamics was like, absolutely, let's do it just to be happy to be able to make a game. I think this could be a multi-game deal as well, even if it's not a full-out acquisition down the road. I think that maybe, maybe Phil went in there and dropped some money and said, go ahead, Crystal D, start working on Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. We'll take it. We'll take it, all right? I think both of those are real scenarios that could possibly be happening here. Um, I think it's great. Um, again, like you touched on, Steel, the accessibility that Unreal offers all the devs across the world is really second to none at this point. They are really trying to open it up. Like I stated before, they came out right in their presentation and said, we want all games to be made on Unreal 5. Well, of course we do, right? Of course, of course. They get a cut of every game that's made yep. in Unreal 5. That's their deal, right? That's why they give it away. Yep. They, they give it away so that people make games, but oh, by the way, on the back end, we're going to take 20%, right? That's how they do it. That's how they get paid, and it's working for them. They've got Fortnite just funneling money in so they can do whatever they want to with unreal to make it the biggest engine ever. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're reinvesting. And so I think it's fantastic because again, we've talked about it here steel so many times yeah. as we move through this generation engines like unreal five engines like unity that continue to open up accessibility and continue to give small devs along with large devs options to develop a game. in. we're going to see that, kind of gap between AAA and indie close and close and close and close because a team of one, a team of 10 can use the same tools that a AAA team can use. And so the quality of the games continues to get closer and closer together. And that's part of the golden age of gaming. That's what we're going to see. That's why so many people are jumping into this and starting to develop games because it's easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper to do even for a small team to get that same quality that these big AAA teams who are having $100, $200 million budgets are getting. Right. And I think that's another big, big win for us as gamers, especially along with the devs, of course, and the publishers and everybody, it's a big win for us gamers because we're going to get even more high quality games and content out of this generation than we have ever seen before. And Unreal 5 is leading the way. That's why I love that presentation, man. Again, yeah. it gave me the feeling that if I really wanted to dive in and really learn could. some stuff, yeah. I possibly could do that, right? That, that's the great thing. So. Yeah, and and like I know a lot of people might not want to have this conversation because oh, Unreal Engine, who cares about the engine? We're gamers, uh, and I want people to understand it's not it's not about the engine, right? Um, you've for those who've been gaming, you've heard of Unreal before, somewhere, somehow, some point, um, and I feel like that's more so the overall point that we want to bring here um, is that the development of game is cha is changing. Uh, the conversations that we're going to have are going to change, right? It's not going to be just about graphics anymore. It's going to be about what I want to get to is that is game design. What what do you have in your games? Or do you have more detail in your games? Is there more attention to detail in your games? Because that is the what's next generation to me. How do we develop that? It's not about, oh, 4K or uh, ray tracing or no. Can you make these worlds feel more alive? 
a little bit of lighting the ray tracing can hold off i'll wait for it however long it is until it stops being something that's going to affect performance in such a way that you have to come up with 10 different solutions to get one possible that's going to work for you and yes and that's even getting better with upscaling and everything else but it's mentality of the consumer you're getting sold 4k and the way the games are coming out is because of the mentality of the consumer Oh, if it's not 4K, I don't want to buy it. Oh, uh, if it doesn't look this way, I don't want to buy it. If it's not AAA, I don't want to invest. Oh, uh, I, don't, I only play AAA games. You're going to miss out on a lot. And like Tim the Sorcerer says, optimization is 100% key. And there's one thing that we have noticed, at least going into this generation, is that games are seemingly coming out much more optimized than ever before. Yes, are there still, there's still issues, but with us coming into this uh, eight times 86 architecture, everything speaking the same language, we're not trying to come up with a brand new way for games to be only developed on console. Everything is becoming part of one central ecosystem built off a of PC and scaled down or scaled up or whatever needs to be done because face it, the games are created on PCs. They're not created on your Xbox console that's not how games are made <laughs> they get created somewhere first and then get ported out to wherever they need to go they get put on a console then yes then there's then they start gearing towards that if it's only a console game that it's going to be made for like if it's only made for playstation it starts on a pc then boom then they have this test system then boom then it gets played on an actual console then boom you get the game that's how development works. Now it's built on PC. Okay, everything's talking the same. How do how do we make sure that the performance parameters meet where we want this game to be at? Okay, storage. That's the biggest thing about this next generation. I want people to understand that's bigger than anything else. It's storage. Us getting the SSDs is going to make more of an influential change than anything else. Low times, I mean, Pong had, a, had another perfect example. I don't remember if you guys heard it behind the scenes. Um, but son came into town. He had an Xbox One, got the S. You know what I'm saying? And you come to realize, like before I got rid of my One, my One X, how slow in comparison your new console is. That's crazy to think about. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, you're already, we're already in a year two years if you want to give it that even though it hasn't been that yet um and a year of some change have already become accustomed to the new this is our new expectation the same thing with phones i'm a, i you know i do csr work you know what i'm saying people call me they have all the phones and i'm waiting for their phone to load up forever because they got an iphone 7 it makes you come to realize damn look how far phones have come where, where do you think of this other technology is going to go? And that's what gets me excited about UE5 because, yes, I mean, of course, I've always been a proponent for UE since I've been playing Unreal Tournaments forever. But for me, it's just seeing that constant growth, seeing it, well, not even possibly, seeing it affect the market in such a way to where not only is it, because it used to be only you had to have some big financial backing, had to be some AAA team to use Unreal and put out a good game. Again, Gears wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for Unreal, and Unreal wouldn't be what it is for today if it wasn't for Gears. Gears was one of was Unreal's main selling point. 
Look, oh, look what we can do. Now, like Pong touched on, solo devs, indie devs are all going to get hands on this technology and it's only going to push it forward because those people are going to get in there. People are creative too, man, when it comes to this. They're going to get in there and find some easier way to do something different than boom, before you know it, things have changed. And that's what gets me excited. That's what I want people to be hyped for um, is that possibility. Well, that not even a possibility, but just looking at the future and pulling yourself out of the world and say, damn, what are we about to get within this next couple of years? What is Gear 6 going to look like? What is whatever other game is going to be put out on Unreal Turn on, on the Unreal Engine going to look like? And that's what gets me excited. Especially if you go back and look at that presentation. Just check it out, man, for yourself. For sure. Um, all right. With that, I think that's going to be a perfect conversation. We're talking about Unreal. We're talking about remakes. We're talking about, um, you know, games coming out. There was another um, exciting announcement, at least for me, someone who's a fan of the IP. Um, <laughs> one of the first games that kind of really brought this love for third-person games to fruition to me. And I feel is is something that's very unfortunate if you haven't been able to get your hands on this game, especially now because it hasn't aged that well. It doesn't look the greatest. But if you're curious on what game that I'm talking about, it's going to be Max Payne. Bring the pain. As, I, as you saw in the title of this video, uh, we came to bring the pain. And of course, I was talking in reference to Max Payne being announced to be um, being remade, not remastered, remade as it rightfully should be because it has not aged the greatest as graphically. <laughs> um, Remedy Entertainment. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Remedy, but I can't lie and say they don't have experience with that type of gameplay. At least the mechanics. And what I mean by that, if you play, um, what is that? What is that? Control. That blatantly shows you, at least shows me as someone who I haven't even played Control. I've watched plenty of video content on it, though. And I've seen that slow motion and the, the way that they play with the powers and everything. I do feel like because of their understanding of how that, of how they did that and how well they did it how well they presented it i do have a good feeling that that's going to translate very well into max Payne. not only that it's not like they're going to have to like they're reinventing the wheel they're just taking what's there currently and completely remaking it remedy really created bullet time i mean yeah. because max Payne, max Payne one and two that's their baby that's their oh, well, baby see, so yeah exactly that, that's yeah. their baby they created it right Damn, rockstar yeah. published it but they are the ones who created Damn, bullet yeah, time. True, Damn, people yeah. had people had tried to do similar things, right? And obviously they came at a time too. The Matrix came out right, and right. really blew up bullet time. But Remedy is the one who really made it work in a video game. Because I remember the first time playing Max Payne, uh, I was blown away because it was like, this is not supposed to work this well in a video game. Like, this is like crazy how good this is. Right. So that's really, they set the standard and then the, all they've done, Steel, is what you're talking about is with, like, all their other games, when they presented mechanics like that, they've reiterated upon what they started with in the original Max Payne's. It just made it that much better. So they get to go back 
And like whatever their vision, obviously their vision was quite clear with Max Payne, but their original vision, now they just get to bring it up to current date with all the new technology and make it that much better, right? They just get to make those two games that much better with today's technology. But please continue, sir. No, 100%. I mean, um, well, I, I don't know why I didn't even put that together with that Remedy worked on that. I, I might have yeah. immediately just thought of Rockstar. That was the only Sans. one that came to mind for me. Because um, they did three. Rockstar took over and made three alone. See, that, they took that it away be, from Remedy. That might, that might but, be what exactly, exactly but, what it is. Then. But the face scan, Max Payne, that's yeah. Sam Lake from Remedy. He did. That's his actual face. I, this, I remember. The, I remember hearing yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember yeah, yeah, hearing yeah. about that. Damn, that makes so much. That makes so much more sense. So it's like not putting pieces of the puzzle together. I guess I can't say. I mean, I I, I am was a Remedy fan at least because, goddamn, I love Max Payne. <laughs> like Paul just touched on. Yeah, I mean, in that case, the way that they implemented bullet time, the way that it felt, it's like nothing could compare to it at the time like even the like it literally did what the matrix did before the matrix even became as relevant as it was and like in an iep that you wouldn't expect it in like max Payne is this motherfucker got problems there's also a supernatural element to it he's popping fucking popping peels the hill like there's so many things that he got going on he's hallucinating his family got fucking killed like there's so much going on in the story that's so dark and that we're missing in like in today's world as far as like gaming goes when you when you look for like darker games like as much as i would i would love a punisher game a max like a remade max Payne game especially them doing one and two and possibly three if they do get with if Rockstar is like, yeah, we want to do we want to do a trilogy. We want to make sure we put out a full trilogy, make sure we get as much money as possible. I just hope they don't use their GTA philosophy on that shit. That piss me off. Um, but I really would want them to treat it like Mass Effect. I, I mean, but at least with although with Mass Effect, that was more of like a remaster. Um, whereas here they're completely remaking it. Which it deserves, but um yeah, I want them just to go in and completely just redo everything and take all the elements that made Max Payne great and just up it to that next echelon, update all the graphics, and really you could tell it keep the story exactly the same, and I think you would still do really well with the game. Um, to hear this announcement come up, it's, that is definitely exciting news. Um, again, Remedy here in recent years definitely hasn't been something that I typically look forward to. Uh, again, I haven't jumped into control. I'm not really a it's whatever to me uh, again another one of those things a single player game uh, i just don't have any real motivation to jump into it again i'm not blind though i see what they've created with that so it does seem as though they've constantly iterated on what they created <laughs> right like if, if they were the ones that really brought this to the forefront then they have continued to make that better um and again to see them now use everything that they've learned on this day and age It'd be interesting to see them go back and bring it forward. Um, again, that's an exciting thing to me. Uh, we are in that time, at least, again, like we say in the golden age of gaming, to where this would be the perfect time for this to happen. Uh, again, you know, people don't want old games, but then it's it's all about the right old game, right? Um, Paul, I mean, how does this make you feel yeah. about this whole uh, Max Payne coming back, man? I, I mean, love it, man. The original people working on it. Rockstar maybe getting in on it too. It's going to be released on everything again. I love it, man. I love it. And again, you just touched on it. The golden age gaming is, is, is different aspects. And we've talked about it here. We've talked about it everywhere. Again, we all love new IP. 
right? Don't get me wrong. We mm-hmm. all love new IP, and they got people out here that all the time complain, well, we got too many remasters or we got, you know, remakes. Give me new IP. And we're getting that, okay? This is the golden age. There's more stuff coming out that we've never seen before. But part of the beauty of this, that the industry has exploded to this point, is going back and revisiting IP that deserve it. Okay, going back and revisiting IP that have been languishing, collecting dust in a closet somewhere at a lot of these publishing houses, going back and letting new generations experience what I got to experience because I was old enough, right, to experience all this stuff and letting new generations see why some of us older gamers talk about stuff. Uh, you know, talk about certain titles uh, with with reverence, right? The Mass Effect trilogy. I constantly go back to this steel because it is it, the easiest and best example so far of what we've seen. Mm-hmm. That again, you ask any old gamer or gamer gamer old enough to have experienced Mass Effect when it was in its prime, and they will consider it most. Again, I never say all because there's never all, right. but most people will tell you it is the greatest one of the greatest trilogies of all time and people yeah. will say either one or mass effect one or mass effect two is probably in their top you know whether it's top 10 list top 15 top 20 list of all time and and a lot of people never got to experience it still you you know you were old enough but you were doing a different thing you were doing multiplayer all the time so you never really touched those single player experiences so you've got you like people like you that may have not touched it for their own reasons but then you've got a whole another generation of gamers that are now old enough that probably hear people if they're interested in gaming talk about the mass effects of the world and go why does everybody talk about this what's so great about this game ea launch it re, re, re redoes it remasters it does a fantastic job with it and all of a sudden all these other people that never touched it before get to experience it and go oh just like you still now i get it now i get it now i understand why this game is still talked about well max Payne may not be the level of mass effect right max Payne probably is not that level but, but i'm just saying overall in general it's not because it, it because of the style of game it was no, no. right yeah. right 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 it wasn't an rpg it wasn't this big sci-fi adventure no. that kind of stuff it's about a broken man right <laughs> put it's into fucked up. I, I, again mass effect 3 still holds up pretty well it's it became yeah. part of the backwards compatibility the last drop the batch that xbox gave us i've mm-hmm. gone back to it and started playing it again look the dude is broken beyond belief he's one of those protagonists that you love to hate at times because he is just straight up an asshole at times right yep. straight up <laughs> but if you start from the, if you start from yeah. the first game yes. though like yes yes the progression the story arc i'm not right? saying it's right but god right. damn yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Been right exactly exactly no, the, Exactly. But he was a broken protagonist. Right. And we love those stories and we need those stories. And a lot of times nowadays, devs are afraid to touch on some of that stuff. It's not PC anymore in a lot of ways. And so to see Remedy go back and give the respect to one and two and and again, props to Rockstar for partnering with Remedy to make this happen. Because again, I think Rockstar owns the rights to Max Payne. Yeah, they had to to give Remedy the okay to go do this. So Again, for Rockstar to be sitting on this IP, and again, I've said my piece on Rockstar, who they used to be as a publisher and as a developer, they took a lot of chances, used to bring out a lot of different style games, used to try a lot of different things, and then they became um, an investor-heavy company that relies on one game, two games, to bring in all of their funding. They don't care anymore to try new things. So for Mm -hmm. them to give the okay to Remedy, go back to their baby, 
Once again, just like we saw Microsoft give Remedy the rights to Alan Wake again so that they can go back to that baby as well. This is the part of the golden age of gaming that I love. So Remedy is going to be able to bring it forward, mm-hmm. allow people to experience one and two. I think it is a miss that Rockstar didn't say, hey, while you're working on one and two, why don't you guys do three? Let's and, and do my, the whole trilogy. I, Maybe Rockstar is holding it. Maybe Rockstar could be doing it themselves in tandem with Remedy that we just don't know about yet that they're going to make it a full trilogy and Rockstar is going to come out and announce, Hey, we're working on remaking three as Mm -hmm. well, or remastering, whatever. Again, it holds up pretty well. They would have to do some work on it. And I'm not trusting of Rockstar. Like you said, the grand theft auto Uh, remaster was, that was a cash grab. That was the minimal effort ever. Um, But maybe they're doing that, but if they're not doing that, I think it is a miss, but I'm still happy that one and two is coming back. Okay. And I think that remedy is going again, they've learned again, whether it's quantum break, whether it's control, you see this, this evolving mechanic that they have and expanding mechanics that they introduce to the gaming world that they kind of, they themselves kind of set the standard for they've evolved and evolved and evolved. And whether you're remedy fan or not, I think like you said, Steel, you're you're not necessarily a Remedy fan. I am. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their games, they know what they're doing. Okay. They know what they're doing. Again, there's a lot of different reasons why some of their games haven't hit as well as, as some as you might think. But there's also a reason why there's a passionate remedy community that really love their games. And really, there's to this day that people say quantum break is freaking one of the best games of last generation. Okay. Okay. I started playing it. I'm probably maybe quarter way through it, maybe a little bit more than that. It's a great game. Okay. It's a really great game. It's a remedy game, Uh, but you have to be into that style, but there's a reason why they've developed a passionate, passionate fan base because they do good work. And I think everything they've learned to be able to go back, put that into max Payne one and two, I think, because they have to remake them. They, they, they couldn't remaster those games that they wanted to. The engines are so old and they do not hold up. So t- they're going to build them from the ground up. And if they're going to do that in that control engine, bro, we could have something brand like it's going to be Max Payne 1 and 2. And we're going to go into it as people who played Max Payne 1 and 2 and remember some of the story elements because they're not going to have to do anything to the story. Story's set. Story's great. It's got a great story arc to the character. Max Payne is awesome the way he is. They're not going to have to touch that. If they just bring that up to date in that control engine, bro, we could go back and be like, yeah, I remember this, but mm-hmm. damn, this is freaking off the charts, right? This is freaking awesome. This is phenomenal. This is like a whole new game at this point yep. because of what they're going to do with those two. And I hope that Rockstar is watching. That's always my hope when these things happen, much like we saw EA redoing dead space now after, you know, all that kind of like, I hope that that rockstar is looking at this. And if one and two is successful as a remake, they wind up redoing three to complete the trilogy, but they also say, you know what, you know what we are making so many billions of dollars Mm -hmm. and we've got such a huge franchise in grand theft auto. And then we've got a secondary franchise in red dead that we lean on let's break off a little team and let's get the max Payne series going again. That's what I really hope for. And we get max Payne four out of it. Uh, hopefully they'll see success of a single player style game, just like EA did with a Jedi fallen order. And they say, you know what? 
that has a place in our business as well. And we can still make money off this. We don't have to dick. We don't have to have this huge team and all this money put into this. We can make this smaller single player experience in max pain. But now that the hype's been rebuilt, we can go ahead and continue that series. That's what I would love to see out of this. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped steel again. I just can't believe it, man. I, I just can't believe that we're seeing so many great IP come back to the forefront um, I'm so happy for it. Again, this is what I was hoping for. Last gen was kind of a lost generation. Xbox was, was yeah, a lot that was just missed. Yeah, Xbox was meandering and wandering all over the place and sinking at a point and come, having to come back and re-evaluate their entire business model and try to figure out where they fit. Sony was dominating so heavy with the third person narrative driven over the shoulder action adventure game and all the jrpgs that they got and all that kind of stuff they were dominating so heavy that all this ip fell by the wayside but now again with how the pandemic kind of helped push again i always hate to say that because it's such a horrible thing but it did help gaming it did and gaming helped a lot of people get through the pandemic as well being stuck in their homes but how it exploded this industry it was already growing but how it exploded it made it the number one entertainment industry in the world to see that that money is now being put back in and we are getting these old ip and we're returning to that 360 ps3 era where devs were getting creative devs were putting out unique titles on systems you know whether they were popular or not they were trying new things and we're starting to see that again but to see this old IP coming back, this beloved IP being redone again for a whole new generation and for us that already touched it once a long time ago, man, that's such a good feeling. I absolutely love it. Max Payne's one of those. I can't wait. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, another good example of this, um, again, this could be just company saying company shit, but um, from this article from The Verge, um, it goes to talk about a little bit about the whole deal with Remedy and Rockstar. Um, it goes to say that we were thrilled when our longtime friends at Remedy approached us about remaking the original Max Payne games, said Rockstar Games founder Sam Hauser. Uh, and he said that in that press release. We are massive fans of the work of the Remedy team has created over the years, and we can't wait to play these new versions. Uh, the game, which the press release refers to somewhat awkwardly as new as new Max Payne 1 and 2 project, is currently in the concept development stage. No estimated release time was given. The remake's budget will be financed by Rockstar Games, the size of which will be in line with a typical Remedy AAA production. So not only are they, like, going to remake this game, but they're also giving being given triple a budget to remake this game (laughs) let me say this let me say this too steel remedy okay i have my criticism to remedy remedy takes on way too many projects yeah their time frame again when we can expect this game i have no idea because remedy puts themselves behind the eight ball like they have taken on so many projects Mm -hmm. and they are not known they are not known for keeping pace to meeting deadlines. They (laughs) are not known for that in any way, shape or form. And you see something like Crossfire X come out that they took on as a side project. Uh, Originally, Microsoft was going to publish it and then wound up being Smilegate, just published it anyways. But for them to take on that project and say, yeah, we can do that. And then for it to come out and be meh at best, that always scares me. Now, I know for a fact that they're going to 
they're going to put their whole heart into Max Payne just because it's their baby. Right. Again, it's theirs. That's, yeah. it's theirs. It's theirs. <laughs> they're, again, I expect I expect top quality out of Alan Wake 2 mm. that they're mm. working on currently as well because that's their baby, right? And I think that that makes a difference when it comes to dev teams. It shouldn't, but it does. No. And so I think we're going to get the best out of the best out of both of those. But Remedy does overextend themselves. They are extremely confident, but that leads to problems because at the end of the day, they wind up missing deadlines. They wind up delaying games, which is fine. Again, delays are not a problem. They just think that they can handle, they always bite off more than they can chew. Okay. That's, that's what remedy does. Um, Again, I just, just don't hold your breath on when we're going to see this happen. I think this is probably, they announced it now because they probably do need some more developers to come in. It's part of the new process that we've been seeing uh, teams talking about games very early on Mm -hmm. and announcing them so they can go higher, right? That that's a big thing right now, because again, talent is it's, very limited at this point it's extremely limited and people are fighting over talent so i think that's why they wanted to get this hype out there early so i expect this three three years maybe four years down the road i think we'll see max Payne one and two yeah uh, yeah 100 yeah. um but and nonetheless again gets gets you excited um Island Wake Two doesn't look like it's coming. It's coming out to 2023. So yeah, I mean that would definitely right. push it out at least three to four years um, before we yeah. hear anything about it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We're gonna have plenty of play, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about that. Um, all right. So we've just been like stream rolling, having good like good, like good crossover sections, good transitions, everything. It's just been kind of like blowing through. Um, there, what what else you want to get into here, Paul? The only other thing that I have up on the board um, was QA getting an official spot um, as part of the whole Activision thing. Um, Activision getting serious about QA and everything, um, and then the and then the whole thing about with Jack Trenton. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we should touch on we we should touch on Jack's comments because we okay. did talk about it in the beginning of the show. So let's touch on Jack's comments for sure. The Activision Blizzard stuff is cool. It's great. For I mean, a lot it's of kinda, people. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of anticipated again. Um, yeah, real they're going to do things like that yeah. because they were trying to go union. Um, there are going to be things that change so to try to prevent that from happening. Um, for better or for worse, sometimes unions work out for the better. Sometimes they don't. Uh, sometimes because of a union, you do get better working uh, circumstances and everything uh, where they will actually change some things without you having to go union. So um, to hear that the QA. I personally think that QA is super important. I know a lot of people are like, oh, look, QA, they just sit there and play games all day and uh, pay them $15 an hour. I mean, at the same time, bro, like you're still asking somebody, even if it's for eight hours a day, you're making it a job for them. It's not necessarily a hobby. Yeah, you can say they're, they should be grateful. But at the same time, these are the people that you want. Again, it's your job as a company to make sure you're getting good QA talent. But um, these are the people who are testing your game. Um, we complain all the time the games come out broken and oh why didn't they see this and QA and everything else well, I mean well you need to treat those people right you want honest opinions you want people to tell you what's wrong with the game so you can put out good product treat your QA right that historically has not been done QA gets treated like shit it gets uh, new faces get rolled in and out I'm not saying it has to be a, a fucking career job but just like anything else if that's what somebody wants to do the rest of their life I mean give them good options to kind of pursue that again i'm pretty sure there's nothing better than having somebody that understands how 
testing should be done. Um, there's nothing worse than getting getting a game and you as the player saying, damn, QA didn't see this shit. You falling through the map. QA didn't see me see you fall through the map. Maybe you did something specific. And like everything isn't catchable, but if you with good QA talent, um, it does lead to less issues down the road. And you have to make sure that those people are getting at least are well taken care of. Um, if you're not going to pay them a bunch of money, damn, make sure they got good food, make sure they can go work out something, make sure they just have a good environment, to sustain themselves. Cause again, they are part of your game development. They're part, they are part of your dev team. No, they're not in some way. No, they're not like creating the game, but they are helping you create the game before you put it out on the market. Um, so I, I just think it's a, it's a huge benefit to see um, these changes happening again. It just holds credence to um, this whole transition to Activision Blizzard becoming part of Microsoft and speaking to that bigger picture again. Uh, we're seeing a lot of good things happen. A lot of positives end up happening again. This could be one step in the in, a, in the right direction for devs throughout the industry to start being treated um in a better light because traditionally they haven't so um that's at least my perspective on it uh what do you what do you got on that point oh i agree i agree you make you make fantastic points steel when it comes to that um i just <sighs> i think that again when we're looking at the state of the industry mm -hmm. right and where we're going and there's 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 doom and gloom people. There's people that are, again, there's always going to be pessimistic people and there's always going to be positive people. But I think when you're overall looking at the state of the industry where it stands, I think, again, sure, is there a scenario where everything collapses, where everything falls apart, where we, we see problems come to the forefront, mm -hmm. right? And that's certainly a possibility, right? But I think that there's so much in between that and there that I think we have to look to the future, right? Yeah. And when we talk about Trenton being this man in this situation where he is so damn experienced and he is so, he's been in this industry and seen so much. And again, we've seen other people come out in the same position, a lot of experience that have mm -hmm. been around the way that say this isn't going to work right? That we're going down the wrong path, that we're going to wind up right. not being in a good spot if this continues, that Xbox's way is not the way. Trenton is coming out and really taking that look that we always talk about, that RTS view and that satellite view, taking a step back and really looking at it from the same perspective that we do, saying no, that that isn't necessarily the case, that in fact, when you look at this stuff, the health of the industry is so great right now and is so unbelievable that a lot of what we're seeing is just actually good signs that there is going to be a better ending to this, that we are headed towards more of a utopia. I like gaming the way you together. <laughs> than the, yeah, exactly. Like that we're heading more towards a utopia right. than we are a doomsday scenario. Yeah. Right. That this is just part of that entire process. And that, again, as we've talked about, Steel, there is so many people entering this space right now. This right. industry is exploding everywhere, not just in terms of content, just in terms of people overall entering here into the space that whatever holes are created by acquisitions, let's say, mm -hmm. whatever holes are created by that, even an Activision Blizzard size hole 
will be filled in by newcomers and they could potentially be the next Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. That that's the cycle of this industry and the cycle of where we're at right now. And I think that's the important part that we always try to focus on, Steele, is that, look, you can disagree with business tactics. We can have discussions about whether or not Game Pass is the ultimate future or what meta actually means, the metaverse uh, to gaming or what cloud is going to do to gaming. You know, all digital future versus physical, all that kind of stuff. We can talk about all those things. But what Trenton really came out and was putting a focus on was, hey, 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 look, Right now, with where everything's at, we can take a step back and we can say honestly that, again, there's so much potential, untapped potential in this industry that this is not stopping just because Microsoft is making acquisitions. This is not going to stop just because we see a subscription service gaining traction, right? We're not going to, none of that's going to stop. This industry has seen those changes before. Mm-hmm. And Trenton talked about even back in the day, the accessibility, again, we use that word constantly here because it's huge. It's what this generation is all about. He talks about how back in the day, it would cost a hundred million dollars to get a triple A game onto a shelf, a store shelf. That's all been erased. Now you have the accessibility that if you're a one man show, making a game you can reach out to an idea at xbox and get your game published right alongside the next call of duty they can see it in the store right alongside that it doesn't take hundred million dollar budgets to do anymore that's all part of the reason why we have what we have right now Mm -hmm. in this golden age and i think trenton takes a real realistic look heck that's what his business is about right he's starting this spac this business to come back in this industry to help out developers because there's a lot of developers who don't understand the business side of things. There's a lot of developers who are scared to take the leap into going public. There's a lot yeah. of developers who have the, all Can't these issues. Be, they're not, and they're not business people at the end of the day. Yeah. They're, they're, they're developers, they're gamers, right yeah. they're, That's who they are. He's coming in with this SPAC with all this backing, with all this knowledge to say, hey, we're going to help you out. And guess what? We're not going to take away your freedom because mm-hmm. that's a big fear. Another thing that we've talked about with Xbox, right? Another discussion we've had, uh, you know, the Xbox of old had that thumb, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, what do I want to say? That reputation as somebody who tried to dictate what their developers are doing. Well, that we don't see anymore. Now we see people talking about, well, do they give them too much freedom, right? Because of some of the problems we've heard about, but Trent wants to come in and ease that fear and say, no, 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 no. We're not coming in and take over your business. We're just going to get you to the next level from the business side of things, the money side of things. We're going to help you get there. Yeah. We're going to take our cut. That's part of the business, but the creative side, go do your thing, make whatever you want to do. We're just here to help you get there. That's all we're going to do. So that's his whole business. But the reason why that even exists is because of how many people are now in this industry, how many people are looking for that help, how many people are trying to navigate their way through the complexity of gaming. But at the end of the day, all of his thoughts basically were all positive. He was saying that all of this doom and gloom talk that's out there is pretty much nonsense. That, yeah, sure, it's a possibility. There's mistakes to be made. There's all sorts of things that can happen. But at the end of the day, he's looking at it from, no, 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 no. This is a 
best I've ever seen this industry in. This is this is the healthiest it's ever been before. And all these things occurring are just natural progression in that. And hey, I'm here to help. And I'm here to take advantage, of course, as a businessman. Oh, but yeah. I'm here. I want back in. I want back in, right? That's what you say. I want back in. I'm, I'm here to do some mergers and acquisitions, right? That's what I'm here to do because I understand where this industry is going. And I, I think it's great. Uh, I just loved the entire interview. I thought he touched on so many awesome things. And I, I would much rather, again, is it going to be the utopia or is it going to be the dystopian? I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think that's more realistic. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have issues that set us back, but we're also going to be heading down the right path, which heads, heads us toward great times, which we're already on. Right. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. But I just think, Again, having somebody with this much credibility, this much influence, this much knowledge about the industry as a whole. Again, this is the guy who is the one who was at the head of PlayStation when they launched PlayStation 1, right? They started this dynasty. He was the leader that started that dynasty. Then he came back for a second run. This guy knows what he's talking about. It's good to hear somebody like that come in and pour some cold water over the fires and say, no, 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 no. People, step back. We're doing great. This is fantastic. Look at all the potential. Look at all the opportunity that's right. out there right now. That's what it's about right now. And I think that's what we speak about here more often than not, Steele. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and I just want to pull some things out of this article from uh, IGN. I was going to be where I'm pulling it from. It's uh, by Rebecca Valentine. Um, speaking on this whole ordeal with Jack Trenton, um, and yeah, definitely, um, I feel like it definitely come kind of springboards off the whole QA thing too, because I mean, hundred percent, like you said, Pong, um, there's more interest. There's more things happening in this industry than ever before. Um, but Jack Tritton best known for his involvement in the creation of the original, for those who don't know, PlayStation in the nineties and his later run from 2006. I just realized that I just skipped my whole speech in, in, in my head about the QA stuff. So just let me, it tied I, together, I, 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 I tied together, but I jumped Oh, and I don't, again, this is old head up here. Okay. So just bear with me. So I don't know why I had that blip. I just realized I didn't ever even brought it back around to the QA thing. Yeah. I tied it in, but I didn't bring it back around the QA stuff. That's a part of, oh, look, uh, as far as QA stuff goes, what I was going to say is that Activision Blizzard right now is in, a, is in this weird spot. They're, they're trying to be acquired. They want to be acquired. They've mm -hmm. got all these lawsuits going on, but they want to push this acquisition going through. They've got a whole group of employees which by right have every right to do it trying to form a union which again that's a whole different discussion for yeah, different that's... podcasts as far as what unions do and what uh, how they're good how they're bad whatever the case but they're trying to do this and yet they can't they have to run business as usual yep. but microsoft of course is trying to acquire them so you, you in the contract you really can't make big changes to your business so like, but they have to do something and they have to help this acquisition go through. Mm -hmm. So they got to make employees happy as well and kind of try to settle down some of that stuff. So they do, again, whether forced, whether you believe it's forced or whether you believe it's voluntarily, they go ahead and say, okay, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to make the QA full time. We're going to give them all the benefits. We're going to give them the, the hourly wage because look, at the end of the day, we are making billions of dollars here. So what are we really squabbling over here right now, whether or not you want to believe that good old Bobby would make that choice on his own. Well, nah. of course we probably all would say, nah, he would never do that because he's a penny pincher. He's a greedy bastard. He's a cancer. He's a snake. He's all of it. Right. So we know that for a fact that some of this is being forced, but, 
they still, again, the health of the industry is, hey, we need QA testers. QA is another part of our games. And at the end of the day, that talent has a lot of places they can go. So let's just do it. Let's make them full-time, maybe pacify some of the unionization. There's still a big group out there that's saying no to it. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. again, that's a right. I understand, but let's do the right thing. And I think that's also part of the health of this and trying to make things good. And the regulators, the FTC, that's looking at this entire acquisition can also, you know, cause some senators have brought into question whether or not this is good for personnel well, this is a move in the right direction. Yeah. So I think overall it is a positive move. And again, going back to what Jack said, brings in this that he believes that the acquisition between Microsoft Blizzard and, and Xbox would be good for the industry as a whole exactly. because it does allow room for it to grow. But obviously, when you got somebody like him saying that, you know, he's looking at the total picture as well, that yeah, it's going to be positive at the end of the day. This is not going to hurt people, whether it's the devs, whether it's the gamers or the health of the industry, that this is all just part of that cycle. I apologize, Chad. Again, I don't know how I skipped all the QA stuff in my head or why I thought I said it, but I didn't. Thanks, Steel, for reminding no, I mean, me. No, it, I mean, it worked because I was like, it, it's a, it worked because somehow it pieced, it's still pieced together, <laughs> which is why I didn't stop you. I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're making good points of that. I mean, no one doesn't touch on that directly. <laughs> I was waiting for you to tie it back in, and you didn't, so I wanted to make sure to kind of make kind of say something so it's a little jogging a little bit so but no but that was perfect i mean exactly um but again that's why i want to tie tie jack trenton back into here and give people who don't know of him um he's best known for his involvement with the creation of the original playstation in the 90s um his later run was from 2006 to 2014 as president and ceo um of what was then known as sony computer entertainment uh, uh america which are not known as that anymore um Trenton has since been working busy with the independent development community through gaming funds like Interactive Gaming Ventures, and now he wants to continue that mission by acquiring an independent studio himself. Um, speaking of IGN, Trenton says during his time at Sony and since, he has, has seen a gradual shift as, has allowed small studios to be re- less reliant on large publishers to get their games into the world. It's kind of like what we're seeing from the music industry, too. Um where we're seeing more artists being able to just put out their music and you find it. We as a consumer just find it. Whatever streaming platform it might be on, if it's SoundCloud, YouTube, tw- um, where you find it on Twitter, uh, or if you do Spotify, whatever the case may be, um, the industry for music doesn't have such a, a tight hold as it used to be. You know what I mean? Like you'll hear conversations like I'm I'm big into rap. So it's like you have conversations about rap dudes in the rap game back in the day, like how they had to sit outside of studios. They had to be in New York. They had to be in LA. They had to be around certain people to get them a demo disc or um like Ludacris, for example, one of my favorite rappers, um, how he basically hustled out the back of his trunk of his car and sold CDs throughout his city, his city to, to make the name that he has today. That's why I respect Ludacris as much. Um, that's why he's one of my favorite rappers is because of that. Um, that, that hustle, the grind, like to see he did got it out the mud and he, the fact that he still has it today. Um, he's able to get away from the big, bigger companies and do his own thing and blow up in movies, regardless how you feel about Fast and the Furious. The fact that he's, you know, doing those things, it's the same thing that's happening in the gaming industry. People are realizing I don't have to be dependent on a Microsoft. I, I don't have to be dependent on Sony. I don't have to be dependent on Sega. I don't, I don't have to look to Tencent. Um, um, but I would like to get some backing behind my product. Things like 
That's how Unreal ties into this. That's how engines and everything else that we bring to this show tie into all this because it just speaks to the bigger picture of where the industry is going. It's becoming more accessible. Accessibility is bigger than ever. People like Jack who stepped out can come in now with an understanding of gaming and being removed from gaming just wants to support just wants to hey here's some money oh i like i like that idea here, well, here you go make it bring us the money back at least it's somebody in that chair like we speak about all the time where there's people in those seats they don't know nothing about gaming this is an example of somebody who knows about gaming is going to get involved and can potentially get behind some major projects in the for the future who knows what could happen out of this? Who knows what kind of teams he gets? Uh, what what time of new studios? And like he says in this article, and um, got to touch this on too, is that he wants to be that person that people that a team could come to and say, "Hey, man, we got this idea," and then bring it to life. He, that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to step back into the industry, as you would say, in your typical fashion. Uh, he doesn't want to hold, head, head the company or whatever, but he does still believe in it and he sees the vision. Uh, like we have stated multiple times before here. Um, uh, he, said, he, said a, he said a few more things that I didn't end up taking any notes on. Actually, I lost my notes on it. Um, because he was speaking to the whole services side of everything too, how he thinks that it's a, it's a good option. He believes in that too, but we kind of continue the article and everything. He goes on to say, thanks to online stores, anybody can be a publisher. Trenton says. So the good news is the barrier to entry has dropped significantly. It's still very costly to build the game, but a fraction of what it was back in the days when you had to do a triple a hundred dollar million project to see the light of day on shelves. This is somebody who's been in the who's been in the industry blatantly telling you this guy was the head of Sony, ladies and gentlemen. Blatantly telling you it's still very costly to build a game, but a fraction of what it was back in the days. Now, I don't want to take that out of context. I'm not saying that, oh, he's also he's saying that it costs less. But he is blatantly telling you we're not having to deliver games on shelves anymore like we used to. It's not the same. <laughs> Nowhere close. There's actually a lot more money to be had now than there was before. Ladies and gentlemen, what have we been speaking to? What do people refuse to believe in? Oh, the devs ain't getting paid. We have to pay $70. Oh, um, it's because of the ecosystem, because of economics. Oh, we haven't seen the price go up in a long time. That doesn't affect gaming in the same way. There's, more, there's a few industries, quite a few industries that that doesn't affect the same way. Especially when you start removing factors, making less, making less cases, making less booklets, making less anything physical. Seventy percent, almost seventy-five percent of content is bought digitally. <laughs> like they never talk about that though, Steel. When they talk about the profits, like right, that's why people have problems with Jim Ryan's comments about, oh, we can't, it's not sustainable. He leaves out well, because we were spending so much more on gaming. Yeah, you leave out all the stuff that you're saving on and actually taking bigger cuts on now than you ever did in the past. So all of that should come into play. But we uh, it's don't like, talk about how about side. the cross-play tax that you don't know ever bring up? Right. How about uh, the microtransactions <laughs> right. that you never bring up? How about, I mean, we're talking about games that are multi-platform that you're getting 
you're getting a piece of those microtransactions because guess yep. what? Sony, they're on your console. Guess what? Xbox, it's on your console. So you're getting a cut. Yep. It's every not piece of free. Call of Duty, every piece of Grand Theft Auto, you get a piece of. It's not just like Activision is getting the full cut. No, it's on your system. You want to get paid for it too. So guess what? Out of those billions of dollars in microtransactions they make a year, you're getting a good cut of that too. Yep. So it's completely different than it was back in the day where none of that existed. Correct. So it's like slight side tangent. So when people go on these on these fucking rants about oh, how much more gaming, how much more expensive things are and oh back in the day and how y'all want things to be like back in the day. No you don't. You don't want things to be like back in the day because if things were like back in the day, you would not get another single player game today. If you want things to be like back in the day, I can guarantee you that if you still want games to hit shelves and do all the things that they used to do, which they still do, just not as much. You still have all the same access. We have all the same availability to do things that way. We've always done them. We do. It's just another option. But if you wanted things to stay stagnant, you wouldn't have another single player game. You'd have multiplayer games or service based games that you'd buy at a store, bring home and then invest more money into. For five to 10 years. And that would be every game, not just Halo, not just called, not just the games that make sense. Every game you would no longer get the third iteration of a game maybe number two especially from who you care so much about and sony who has that brand loyalty who has that brand recognition who blatantly tells you the heads the people behind this shit isn't working but again people can believe whatever they want to believe i'm not here to be your preacher or whatever the case might be it's just to me it's just when people who are from Jack Trenton, it's not like he's just some run-of-the-mill dude. This is a a very recognizable face, name, has lots of representation behind him, a lot of respect behind him. Yep. Saying these similar things. Other people who are within the company, like say Jim Ryan, has to say certain things because he has to appease everybody. Where for an example, on the competitor side of things, with Xbox, they're hand in hand, right? Microsoft is like, okay, Xbox, Xbox is us now. This is what we do. Even though they still have their own little inside things they're dealing with, still trying to figure out how to become one instead of Windows and Xbox and everything else. Um, again, if you haven't watched the Power On document, definitely check it out. But, um, and we still hear some of those things happen today. The Windows theme still has a hard time um, just letting Xbox have certain things or letting other devices do certain things that they don't have any direct involvement with, whatever the case may be. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, it just speaks to the bigger picture, man. Um, it really does. All right. Um, but then he goes on to say, ba- backed off of that, um, Last statement I was I was saying it's still costly to build the game, but a fraction of what it used to be back in the day. Um, he goes on to say, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to release such a game. He says that indies look for more sources of funding. He sees increasing interest in mergers and acquisitions, but indies are reluctant, he says, because they don't want to lose their independence and going public themselves to earn money from investors is expensive. Again, 
Um, he goes on to also say we have we want to have more of a mentorship role where maybe we take more of a board seat, but we're not interested in joining the management team or make or taking the management team over. He explains, um, and then he just goes into it a little bit deeper. Um, he was also just talking about again. He was also ta talking about reaching that uh, the three billion people wanting to reach more people uh, and get more access to to the content. And everything else. He goes on and on. This is a very long article. I don't want to read read everything in here, um, but definitely check it out. Uh, Again, it was done by IGN, Jack Trenton. I wanted to bring it up because he just said so many of the so many of the things that we touch on here all the time, so many things that you're hearing getting questioned all the time. And again, I'm not saying that none of this is the future. We don't know. But as it stands right now, we're getting more value than we've ever had before. We're getting more access than we've ever had before. And as, at least to me, to as someone who has always seen the, the play for the digital era, who always, who I believe, I always believed in games. When I, ever since I've started gaming, I've always believed, I always knew that it was going to become something bigger than what it was. Like, I was, oh, I was an advocate for MLG and wanting to become a professional gamer before my parents were just like, nah, that's not a real thing. You need to do something. You need to do something else. Figure something else out. Even though I was really good. Like, I was an advocate for these things. I see where the market is going. And it's going to become more, more and more digital. More and more access. More and more people. But that's how we grow it. It's not going to stay stagnant for much longer. It can't. Especially, again, like I stated earlier in the show, when you have the other forms of media looking to gaming to get ideas kind of shows you where the industry is, is is leading and because of that we get more content in other areas more ideas more people getting involved now we get better movies now we get better shows maybe who knows what, what, what the potential is again that world where me and Paul dream of where we could just be plugged into a VR headset lay down and that's the end of it I don't want to stand up play VR fuck that I want to be able to lay down or something and, and just enjoy the VR world that seems very much closer you know what I'm saying um, and even that that's a, that's that can have its ups and downs that's a whole different conversation but and just like anything else you have to have your own um, ideas behind it again why we always say know what you stand for know what you believe in um know what you're into it all ties in together um especially as we move further and further into the future um pong is there anything else that you'd like to touch at least on this situation with no, Jack no, i think QA? we covered it now that yeah now that i jumped the gun and didn't wrap it all up like i was supposed to because <laughs> my brain wasn't functioning i got on a roll and just totally forgot how i was going to wrap it in but yeah no uh great thoughts uh, steel as always yeah. brother uh, i think we touch on it again go read the article interesting interview uh really well done uh i really liked it like i said i had, i brought it up at work and quickly scanned it because i was so busy and I was, right. I was like damn trent making some really good points yeah oh yeah because those points are a lot like what we've been talking about that's right that's why they're so damn good uh but like i said always good to have somebody that high up that much experience that much credibility that yeah. much respect from the industry also coming out and echoing a lot of our same opinions so that we don't always feel like maybe we're just way outside the box yeah like, we you just, know, like yeah. sometimes it can feel that way because again the dooms 
the doomsday people are always louder than yeah. than the people you know the the people are positive about things the hey, doomsday always gets tracked the earth yeah. was flat at one point paul true true uh, story I, you're gonna fall off yeah i know that's a whole different conversation i don't want yeah, 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 to yeah, yeah. get lost in that i don't want to offend anybody um yeah. with that yeah any flat earthers <laughs> respect you respect you hey, not slander hey i i, I feel you um I don't agree, but I feel you. All right. I got my own conspiracy theory, so we're good. Hey, me too. Don't me too. About. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> we won't get into that. That'd be a whole different thing. <laughs> um, hey, conspiracy theories, yeah. hit us up. We're here. Um, <laughs> uh, with that being said, I, I think that's an actually an amazing way to actually end the show. Um, yeah. We got through a lot of different topics, went in a lot of different directions. Again, it was very smooth in transitions. I, you would almost say that uh, we're getting paid to be this professional. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it yes, seemed we like are. It, was, it seemed like it was pre planned for us to go I through wish. them smoothly, and uh, we literally had no plan. Um, but again, 10 minutes of preparation, if that, uh, just getting our minds together again. Another 10 prepping with y'all. Uh, greatly appreciate everybody that has been here the entire time, uh, sticking out through that three and a half hours of content, four hours if you've been watching since the start when the music started playing. Uh, again, Grateful to the chat, grateful to the viewers that watch this on the back end. Uh, definitely shout out to the audio listeners. Um, again, yes, Tim, uh, I'm getting, I'm, we're getting to the make it, make us feel old section for sure. Uh, <laughs> I want to make you reminisce a little bit. Uh, but I just want to send some shout outs out there because, again, you guys listen, and I think that's such an amazing thing to me. Um, our platform is growing. We have 490 subscribers on YouTube. Again, we're definitely on mission 500. We want to hit 500. I personally think we can hit 1K, 2K by the end of the year. That's just personal preference um, or just a personal opinion. I definitely want to get there. Um, that's definitely the goal. Uh, but other than that, yeah, let's get into this uh, this day in gaming segment. Again, uh, otherwise known as make you all feel old as i guess that's how y'all feel about it but for me it's just to show some appreciation for um the art man uh gaming is art should be treated as such and i'm always gonna and forever look at it that way people spend years of their lives and dedicate time away from their families and everything else to create these experiences that we end up enjoying and um i feel like as we get further into the future we should at least be reminded of them. Um, we may not have experience with every every game mentioned in this section, but at least we can see where we have come from and kind of just be grateful. Again, uh, it's one of the main proponents of why I just enjoy taking that RTS view and pulling myself out of the world to look at those darker places. So uh, let's get into it. Da, 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 da. I need some like official music to get into the section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where I need to pull my Mike Minotti flute and yeah, play like a little intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So this thing in gaming, we're starting on April 9th. Um, we're going back to 1985. In 1985, NES released soccer. In Japan, that's it, just soccer. <laughs> it's soccer. That's how we used yeah, to name those games, man. It. Go back and look at the Atari collection. It was all one word. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's, I love it. That's hilarious. Football. 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 Hey, hey, it's, yeah. hey, it's, you Adventure. Know, you, you know what it was. You know what it was, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, then in 1993, Super Nintendo released Action Pacquiao? 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 Oh, we got the boxer. We got Manny Pacquiao. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Action Pacquiao. Uh, well, I guess Pacquiao. that's what it was. I yeah, no um, clue there. 
Um, then the 2003 GameCube release, a uh, great system. Uh, Burnout 2, Point of Impact. Burnout Criterion, 2. Criterion, bring back Burnout, please. Do it right, please, though. I, I didn't like that re- most recent Burnout. Uh, it wasn't Burnout. That was good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Paradise, Paradise City? Yeah, I didn't really like it. It was. What? I don't know. Bro. Bro, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Okay, maybe, we, gotta talk, we gotta talk after the show. Maybe Burnout too. I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just don't have it. That like, that was announced know. this week too by rumor, by the way. But it's probably pretty true that uh, Criterion is bringing out a new Need for Speed. Oh yeah, remember? Well, I hope so. And current gen only. Current gen only. I I really hope so. Uh, Need yeah, for Speed, again. Need for Speed is another one of those that used to be like the icon for racing. Like you knew if you were looking for an arcade racer, you know Need for Speed was right there for you. Um, but the the quality of those games have gone down a lot. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but now they got they got Codemasters with them, right? Um, they got two. they got Codemasters. Yeah, so, they do. Um, yep. A lot of things are going the right direction. Again, Dirt Five is great. I, I really want them to do an Underground Three. I I, I yep. really do, or just to do it. Need for Speed Underground. I think if they bring that back, they'll win a lot of big favorites. Like a, co- a collab in the future between Criterion and Codemasters on a Need for Speed game, bringing one of those franchises mm-hmm. back, one of the classics back, that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I would say Most Wanted, but you already you already fucking screwed that up one time trying to bring that back <laughs> out, and it wasn't nothing like the original. But whatever. Um, neither here or there. Um, then in two thousand three, Game Boy Advance released Crazy Taxi, Catch a Ride. <laughs> Hey, crazy! I don't know how they pulled that off on uh, Game Boy, uh, but whatever. Uh, crazy Taxi on Dreamcast was awesome at that the time, for sure. Fucking some of the best fucking gaming. Oh my god, <laughs> Crazy Taxi! I love Crazy Taxi. Um, then in 2003, PlayStation 2 released. Another, hey, speaking of which, Midnight hey, Club 2. Bring back Midnight Club, you cowards! Bring it back. Bro, Midnight Club has so much detail. Like there was so many little things in Midnight Club that you wouldn't typically get. Like this. Uh, it, they just did so many so many things the right way. Dub Edition, your favorite, Dub, Sue? Yes, Dub Edition is my favorite. I love Dub Edition. Oh, my God. There's so much yep. content to be had in there. The racing yep. was on point. The game felt good. It was all, it was the, over the top still. I think that one had the motorcycles in it, too. Um, yep. they, just, they were doing so many things in that fucking game, man. Uh, it was good. I, they, need, they need to remaster that shit. Um <laughs> Remember when dub when dub edition was like the thing? Yeah, you got dubs on the course. Rip. Oh my god! Of course, bro. Oh, yeah, of course, man. That was the shit. Oh. Yeah, that's a, that's why Rockstar was trying to. That's why Take Two was trying to buy Codemasters was to bring it back. So there's rumor there still are. We'll see. But that's why they were trying to acquire. They bring Midnight Club and do it right. They're gonna blow fucking. Uh, what is that other yeah. game that they released? That's um open world racer. Um, can't think of the name of it. Um, the other one. Damn, I can't what? think of the the crew. Oh, the crew. Yeah, yeah. Nah, the crew. It, yeah, it yeah. can blow the crew out of the water. I, I think Dub Edition still blows the crew out of the water. I, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Me personally, uh, they had a lot of potential with that, and I, I don't know how they dropped the ball. Called the crew and I don't know, whatever. Um, then in 2007, the Wii released Super Paper Mario. That's a good game. Um, then in 2008, mm-hmm. Paper Mario is the best Mario. Another another hot take for me. What? What? Well, let me let me tell you, chat. Look at look at. Thank God for Godfall on top of it. Otherwise, we would have gotten some Kirby game footage behind oh, the scenes. No, no, so, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't got Kirby yet, so you're good. It'll probably be a while, it'll probably be a while before I'm able to get into that. 
Um, yeah, or, yeah, maybe. Um, no, you, you guys, you guys would have probably got. You're probably gonna get. Hey, is this, if it slows down, you're just gonna get weeks of Batman content. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. I can do Batman. I got, I got at least three games of content that I'm, I'm gonna end up having for that. Um, all right. Then in 2008, Xbox 360 release uh, Akaruga. I feel like that sounds familiar. One of the top. 10 maybe even top five shmups of all time shoot 'em ups of all time from treasure treasure was well known for this uh, just absolutely amazing <laughs> shoot 'em ups uh this is one of them i've got this actually on on 360 backwards compatible too so it, it is fantastic if you're into shmups i used to be into shmups a lot more when i was younger um not so much anymore because the uh Ooh, that hand-eye coordination does suffer, and, and shoot 'em ups yeah. will definitely point out your weaknesses real quick in bullet with in bullet hell. Let me tell you, that that's for damn sure. We'll see, we'll find out real quick who can shoot or not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is a great, it is a fantastic game. 100%. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. Then in 2009, we released Muramasa: The Demon Blade. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sounds cool, but uh, then PSP released Sengoku Basara Battle Heroes in Japan. Uh, then in 2013, PC released the classic Age of Empires 2 HD edition. Again. Please be announcing. Uh, they also tweeted out something seemingly teasing something. This 14th, week, Age right? Of something on the 14th. Yeah, the four, they, they put the number 14 and everybody's assuming April 14th, which what does that fall on, by the way? That is a uh, Thursday. So um that is a thursday so yes it is possible but please be a console version announcement please yeah. please 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 100 um then on playstation 3 and playstation vita um in 2013 they released guaca melee i mean uh, really fun games i didn't play them for yeah, long I, but they are really well done They're i hadn't fun. touched them yeah uh, then in 2014, Xbox 360 released The Wolf Among Us, Episode 3, A Crooked Mile. A lot of people who awesome. play those Wolf Among Us uh, series, they, they really enjoy them. Amazing, amazing set of books, amazing games, and we are getting another Wolf Among Us uh, coming out. They announced that, what, last month or two months ago? Last month, I think it was. I think it was March. Oh, wow, okay. March. Nice. Yeah, they are coming out with a new Wolf Among Us, which is shocking because as good as it is, as much as people talked about it, it was very niche out of those yeah. uh, games, right? It the was. Wolf Among Us was, yeah, seen. but uh, it's uh, it's so amazing. Oh, yeah, so good. facts. Rating and, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, then in 2015, uh, PlayStation 3 released X-Blaze Lost Memories in Japan. Who is that? Never mind, keep going. Just keep going. Uh, then in 2019, Nintendo Switch, PC, and PlayStation 4 released Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy. Yep, which I bought. I started it, and I will be finishing it on Xbox. Hey, okay, nice, fantastic, so much fun. Um, then the PC and PlayStation Four released Zanki Zero: Last Beginning. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I gotta say on that. Um, then 2020, <laughs> Nintendo Switch released Pixel Cross Adventure. Uh, okay. Um, Switch. Yeah, they switched. Yeah. <laughs> um, then in 2021, PC released Scars of Summer. Uh, and then another game called Together BNB. Uh, breakfast? Maybe. Maybe there's a maybe it's a <laughs> yeah, bed, bed and breakfast. There you go. Uh, I was gonna say not to be confused with a B and E. Uh so Okay. <laughs> 
But uh, then on Nintendo Switch and PC, they released The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, or the game Trails. Ooh. Trails, good, good series. Yeah, no, I've heard, I heard a lot of people are into Trails. Um, and then to end it off, uh, Nintendo Switch released Tori 3D. Um, game of the year for Steel that year. It was amazing. Don't know what that is. <laughs> Did you guys see my face? Mm. Yep. Mm. Ah, that's that's a close one. Um, but now, ladies and gentlemen, that is your this day any gaming segment. Um, I will like to start off by saying again, thank you all for being here. For those who are still here and tuned on with us, again, we know we run a little long. I know a lot of people say this isn't the typical way to do things. Um, again. Me and Pong just do this, man. Uh, again, it's not like we purposely. Uh, again, our original vision was to only have about a two-hour show. Um, that was literally our original vision. Then from there, we tried to we tried to limit it down to that. Um, we found that we weren't getting through a lot of topics for whatever reason. And again, because of our flow, I do feel as though if we did try to dial it back more, um, there's just going to be a lot of things that are missed. And again, I feel like it takes away from y'all as the viewers. Again, we understand if you can't watch the whole thing. Watch two hours here, watch two hours tomorrow, watch an hour here, however you decide to do it. That is also why I upload it to all audio platforms. Shout out to Anchor. Um, It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google. Wherever you need to get the content at, it is right there for you. The one thing that I will say, though, four hour, three plus hours worth of content, there is nobody else on YouTube who, who gives you the energy the entertainment, the passion, the, the facts, the, the authenticity that me and Pong bring you here on Living Split Screen. Let that be known because I know for a fact there is no better place than right here on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, uh, where you can get all of that and then some um, in a bag of chips. And that's no disrespect to anybody else. Again, um, this is our brand. We got to rep it. Shout out to... Um, Everybody who is involved, shout out to Mid Week Makes Up Collective, who also, um, we have, have there's an, some exciting things happening in that, and as, as we get closer to that, uh, we might make that special announcement because we found out some things in the back end um, that we've also had the honor of doing some things as far as that. Not only are we a part of it, but we also, there's another, another honor we were given, so that I think that's an amazing thing. For CIS 2022, which has been announced, that's no secret. Yes. So uh, the, the, the community indie spotlight 2022 put on put together by wandering dutch uh the amazing brother that he is that is going to be actually is that next week already is it 22nd is it it 22nd okay uh yeah so april 22nd be on the lookout for that because like steel said not only were we a part of it but we had a little little cherry on top honor with that as well but uh check that out be on the lookout for it's gonna be a great presentation over two hours of indie goodness from a ton of members in this community uh people you know and love uh for sure so please check that out be on the lookout for that um and it's gonna be the 23rd of april 23rd 23rd of April, um, 2 p.m. EST. So essentially what will end up happening, because the 23rd is a Saturday. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for anybody else, but you'll be able to, as soon as you get off a of living split screen, go straight into that and see how, and see how you guys love that. So like it. Um, like it. ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in, audio listeners. Much love to you all. Um, again, tried to do the intro a little bit differently. Uh, Again, shout out to all the people we do hold high regards in in the community. Rand Outdoor, Jazz, um, 
Boom for sure. Uh, but also Jeff Grubb, Mike Minotti. Um, some of the best representation as far as like podcasts and the community. The Iron Lords, 100%, 100 times on the Iron Lords. Iron Lords a thousand times remind me of my squad back in the day, except a little bit more close-knit. Um, if we wouldn't have fell apart or whatever the case may be, I think we'd, we'd be that exact representation. If everybody had that same goal um, and mentality that they had, man, they're, they're such an inspiration of people to look up to. Again, uh, perfect representation for the community, at least for me, um, especially being a person of color who didn't have that representation, uh, who always hesitated because I didn't see... I didn't think that there was an avenue for it. Um, and again, um, I took my leap into the community going almost two years into this. I mean, again, we're almost a year doing living split screen. Um, and I haven't regretted it again, met my brother from another here. It's an excellent, gen excellent gentleman, uncanny gentleman. Um, well, I give nothing but who well, I'm nothing but grateful to again. Um, if it wasn't for the community, we wouldn't be here. Um, again, for if anybody tells you that you can't make friends online, you can't make good people, you can't find good people, um, mm -hmm. they're lying. You just got to, I mean, you definitely got to put your, um, put some better feelers out there for sure. Um, but the other thing too, is that don't, just don't, don't take everything personal. Know what you stand for. Um, be able to listen to criticism. Um, understand that not everything needs to be replied to. Um, other thing too is it's one of the most important things again that I lead here because um, I just feel like it's a, a crucial and an integral part of something that I was taught, especially here in recent years. And that um, is a quote that goes by my own mom um, that says that you cannot expect for anyone else to think like you think. It's just a fact of life. And I feel like if you take that and, um, mm -hmm. Take that into consideration and move through life with that. I feel like you'll go a long way. Uh, so definitely take that. Other than that, you can find me anywhere that has a search bar. I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven. Steel Rain, if you don't know by now, Steel for short. Type it in that search bar. You'll more than likely find me. Xbox, uh, PlayStation, even though I, I, don't, I don't have a reason to invest there yet. Um, PC. Uh, again, if it has a search bar, type it in, you'll find me. Hit me up in the DMs. Let's talk games. Let's get some gaming in, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm all about that Elder Ring PvP. Back in the golf hall right now because they got all that content in there. Tiny Tina, again, excellent event that's out right now. Got to get some awesome guns in there. And then uh, I've been jumping in and out of Batman. Um, I need to finish that up. Again, so much out there to play ladies and gentlemen just enjoy it keep it live raw and uncut and we'll see y'all on episode 52 <laughs> of living split screen next weekend but pong you gotta tell the people where they can find you at man what's going absolutely, on absolutely man fast fantastic show as always brother what a great start to the saturday despite the blips in my brain that don't always function correctly. I am here. I am live. I'm now energized. I am awake. <laughs> and I hope all of you are too, because steel and I love doing this each and every week. Thank you all for everything that you bring uh, to this show and for being a part of it with steel. And I, again, like he just said, this is the reason why we started this shout out to everybody that he mentioned uh, all the people that have been doing this uh, gig for a long time in this community and who have set great examples for us that jump in and try to do this podcasting thing. There's so many people that you can look up to uh, that really do bring the right energy, the right outlook 
on this industry uh, to this community. And that's why Steele and I actually decided to do this is because a lot of those people. So thank yeah. you for all of that. Again, thank you, just like Steele said, to the Midweek Mix-Up Collective, all the support. Thank you to Wandering Dutch and all he does behind the scenes um, and all those guys over there. And obviously, again, like I said, CIS 2022, um, again, the, the amount of work he puts in to make that happen uh, and doesn't get paid. Again, we talk about it all the time, passion for this hobby. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we do it. That's why you all are in our chats listening to us. It's because you all have the passion too, but Dutch uh, definitely uh, puts that in to everything he does over there. So shout out to them. Um, otherwise, it's been a great week, Steel. We rolled credits on Tiny Tina's. And again, yeah. Put people be like, oh, it's just tiny teeth. You roll credits. Cool. Whatever. Hey, look, I don't finish games. Okay. I have a grazer. I don't finish games, but we rolled credits on tiny Tina's got what 50, 60 hours in it. Um, yeah. 50, 60 hours in Not it. More, uh, yeah. You know, max level myth level 62. I think I am right now already love that game. Um, you know, we talked about Godfall, but please just to end this, please do go try tiny Tina's. If you like borderlands, yeah. you've been on the fence. It is worth every penny. I it agree. is one again. The overwhelming consensus is that this is the best game since Borderlands 2 that Gearbox has done. And I gotta say, I agree. It sits right next to Borderlands 2. And Borderlands 2, if you make me do a top 15 games list, it's gonna be somewhere in there. Okay. Borderlands 2 is that high on my all-time list as well. That's yeah. how much I love Borderlands. Tiny Tina's is right there with it. It is fantastic yeah. game. Uh, so please go play that. But otherwise, it you can find me, Pong Soul, of course, Xbox, Twitter. You know the drill. Follow me. I just passed 2,500 this week followers on Twitter. Absolutely incredible uh, personal milestone. Never thought I would ever see that number or anywhere near that number. Uh, crazy, crazy. But shout out to all of you that do follow me. If you don't already follow me, um, I retweet a lot of stuff. I'm not doing as many tweets during the day as I used to just simply because of work and where I'm at there. I don't, I can't be around as much as I am, but I do try to retweet out important stuff happening and I'll add little comments here and there. Please follow me. I'll follow you back for sure. You can hit me up in the DMs. I will get back to you uh, when I do have the time for sure. Um, and then otherwise you can find me tonight on the shop podcast. That's right. PTK Blam's channel. PTK. You gotta know. You should know PTK by now uh, because he has been doing this game like we just talked about, people to look up to for over five years, man. Uh, he, you know, again, it's a great show. It's a great way to end your Saturday night, and we have a good time over there. It's me, uh, PTK, of course, and Fuzzy Belvedere. And I was just looking real quick. I was trying to think if we actually had a uh, guest this week. I can't remember if we are having a guest or not. God dang it. I always forget. I should check that before I go. Uh, oh, that's right. John Wolf is going to be on this week. That's right. Mr. John Wolf, another member of this community. He's newer to the community, but he's jumped in. He's been around. Um, he's is supporting people. He does his own thing as well. He's got his own channel. So check out John Wolf tonight um, on PTK Blam's channel, the shop podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. And then Tuesdays, this is where it gets a little bit funky because of work, because of real life, because I have bills to pay and the way things are getting back to normal after this past three years of nonsense that we've had of, of just awfulness that we've had with the pandemic. Things are getting back to normal. I am still a panel member on the Xbox Factor podcast. However, 
I'm going to frequently not be there on Tuesdays. It's going to be hit or miss. Obviously, I'll always let you guys know when I'm going to be there, but it does not matter. Xbox Factor is a great show. All the thing, good things green going on with Xbox. You know the man. He was in here earlier. He may still be listening, or maybe he's going to listen to us later when he does more chores. Mr. Boomstick, Double Barrel Gaming is the channel, as you all are aware. Tuesdays, Xbox Factor Podcast, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Mav is there when he can be there. Box and Burger is there most weeks. Got Miss Joanna Dark. Got VJ. Got Boom the Man himself. This week, I probably will not be there on Tuesday, but please drop, drop in there. Check them out. It's awesome. It's a great way to spend your afternoon on Tuesdays. Thursdays is PM in the PM over on Fun Speculations channel. Pong and Mav in the PM. This last Thursday, we just uh, had 3-Bit on, and like Steele talked about earlier, uh, we had 3-Bit on to talk about the Unreal 5 stuff and, of course, all the other news that we covered. Great conversation. Go check that out if you haven't already. Normally, it's Pong and Mav on Thursday nights. Uh, We do have guests from time to time. We may have one this week, too, a special guest. We will wait to see on that. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, p.m. in the p.m., Fun Speculation Channel, and then Xbox Ultimate back over there uh, on uh, Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. If you tuned in last night to Xbox Ultimate, Mav, Mav had his nose full of snot. So he, <laughs> he couldn't do the show, right? So he was there, but he couldn't do the show. So guess who was in the lead chair? That's right, me. I took over Xbox Ultimate, ran the ship last night. It was fun. We had a great, great time last night. We had a uh, member of the community, Drawn TJ, showed up and was a guest last night. So please join us Friday nights. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, folks, it's the golden age of gaming. The golden age of gaming. I want you all saying that in your dreams. It is the golden age of gaming. Okay? You can even sing it if you want to. It's the golden age of gaming. There Whatever you, you want to do. Hey, look. Hey, look at that. Look. Uh, look. You just get it through your heads. It's the best time ever to be a gamer. So please get out there, enjoy it. Go play whatever you're going to play. Godfall, Tiny Tina's, Elden Ring. I don't care. I don't care if it's Candy Crush. Play some games, man. Enjoy it. Be happy. Have positivity in your everyday because you know you're getting more content than it's ever been out before in history. And if it's, there's if the one game isn't for you, you got a hundred other games that probably are for you. So please play what you love. Love what you play. And I'm going to talk to you all real soon. Thank you for stopping out. Steel, get us out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, as I stated, be tuned in for year one wrap up with Living Split Screen next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time. Uh, let's see if we can make it our biggest show ever, man. It'd be awesome to get 100 viewers live. Um, I don't know. We'll talk talk about some things throughout the week, see what we can do. Um, again, I know we, we typically don't do like giveaways and things here just because we want to be as, na- grow it as natural as possible. I don't want people to just be here because of giveaways. Um, but we'll see what we can get figured out, man. See what we can put together. Um, I know life isn't the easiest all the way around for everybody, but um, we'll see. If anything, you'll definitely get uh, the same energy, the same content. Um that that passion and us just breaking down our first year and how we feel about everything so um and of course what's going on in the industry so <laughs> but with that being said again ladies and gentlemen um be tuned in for episode 52 uh we'll see y'all next saturday much love get some lunch get something to eat because i know i am <laughs> so <Stay> am I. <laughs> y'all stay easy peace